1: wish halloween came more than once a year how about once a week rottingfleshradio.com get scared
2: get scary rottingfleshradio.com is your once a week trick or treat terror fix it's all about halloween america's best haunted houses horror entertainment news from the dark side and it's free every week go to rottingfleshradio.com
0: It's Halloween whenever
2: you want. RottingFleshRadio.com
3: Bone Bad! It's time for the Bone Bad Podcast where you can listen to Steve Gord. It's a kick-ass digital broadcast where we've got dick jokes galore. Bone Bat!
4: Hello,
5: this is Eric Uncle Piggers and you are listening to The Bone Bad
4: Show. <laughs>
3: Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome to episode 56 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. And this is Gord. How's it going, man? You know, honestly, Steve, yeah? it's,
6: it's getting a little better, but uh, I've, I've had a trauma. A trauma, you say? A trauma. Do Not tell. trauma. I've had a trauma, like a blunt force trauma. <laughs> okay. Tell me what happened. Here's the deal. Every day I go to pick up my kid after school. And it's after his daycare, really, which is right next to the school. And what I do is I ride my bike down there. And while he's unlocking his bike, which takes him a while, I ride my bike around the playground. And I head into where the bikes are parked on my bike because it's like this little alcove sticking off the playground that's surrounded by chain link fence. And there are the rows of bike racks. But at this point, there's like almost no bikes in there. So I, I ride as fast as I can. Across the playground, as soon as I hit that area with the bike racks, I lock up my brakes and I do a big skid. And I'll like skid the whole length of the bike racks and come to a stop before I get to the chain link fence.
3: Okay. Because
6: it amuses me. And it amuses <laughs> Barbarian Shot.
3: That sounds really extreme.
6: It's not as extreme as you might think. Just <laughs> playing. Anyway, and I was doing it a couple days ago and I got to the point where I could ride. And start turning the bike and like doing a power slide, just like turning at the end. And I was I was just starting to get the bike where I was gonna be able to go around. Like do, I was doing a ninety degree, I was gonna start trying to do a one eighty, like turn around. And, <laughs> so and, you're like drifting the corner. Yeah, on a cruiser, on a one speed <laughs> cruiser bicycle, okay. which is probably not made for that. So I am doing my typical thing. I ride, just pedal as fast as I can. Get to the edge of the bike racks, go to slam on the brake, and there's just no brake. I mean, the, it just just spins backward. There there is no resistance, and 25 feet later there is a chain link fence, and there is no place to turn. Bike rack on the left, bike rack on the right, and no time to think. I mean, I just I hit that fence so <laughs> freaking hard. I mean, picture like something out of Jackass. Picture a guy riding his bike as fast as he can and crashing into a fence. That's that's what I did.
3: You gotta be kidding me! Aren't you a grown man? Don't you know better than that?
6: No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't. I know better now. I mean, I didn't think my brakes were gonna fail.
3: Well, no, but still,
6: maybe fifty. I mean,
3: I I this summer, just recently, I rode two hundred miles. Yeah, see, I don't do that from Seattle, Portland. It would never occur to me to ride full speed into a fence and then spin out. That would I would ne- just never do that. Well, that's the difference between you and me. Yeah, I'm not in pain right now, and <laughs> you are. Ouch. That's one of the big. That's one of the big differences right there. Yeah, I'd say so. Well, are you okay? No, <laughs> I
4: fucking hit a fence.
6: I slammed into this fence head on, and like it, it shot me up into the air. I just like just, I crashed my my body, my chest, and my arms and my legs, just all you know, crash test dummied into the handlebars and into the fence and the whole bike. since the front wheel hit, like the back wheel rose up and kind of tossed me up in the air and I, I came down and I came down like chin first right on the top rail of that fence. <laughs> Which is why I've, I sound a little bit funny because my tongue is swollen as like this blueberry blood filled doom on one part of it where I bit it when I hit. So, like, my ribs are bruised. My tongue is bit my jaw it hurt to even like open my mouth the next day and the worst thing is besides hurting when I breathe is I I hit my arm like really really freaking hard like ow I had to go to the doctor the next day because I was afraid it was broken because my hand wouldn't work like I couldn't I couldn't grab stuff I couldn't make it work it was like stick a mitten on your left hand except
3: it's really your right hand and then try to do stuff it just wasn't happening Dude, I, I'm really sorry. I hope you feel better, but I have to see this security video. You have to go <laughs> to the school because you know they have this on tape. They, they probably every do. They every probably inch of the school YouTube ground every inch of school grounds are like totally you gotta get there before they tape over the tape. <laughs>
6: Yeah, I'll will just come in there like Quasimodo. I do you have the picture? of me crashing into the fence.
3: Say that you want to you want to sue the bike company for the faulty <laughs> brakes, and so you need. Dude, that I do as, want to
6: sue the bike. You company. need that what as a evidence. The has brakes and just fail
3: when you're about to hit a fence. <laughs> well, who rides a cruiser into a fence? Me. You're not even riding a bike with two brakes. I, I don't. I don't even want to talk about this anymore. You're an idiot. You know, I get a lot of that. <laughs> My wife had
6: to clarify. She's like, wait, you're doing this or the kid was doing this? Yeah, it was me. <laughs> How old are you? We'll talk to other people who like, wait, you ride a cruiser? How
4: old are you?
3: <laughs> all right. So, yeah, no sympathy. So, I, I'm sorry. You know what will make you feel better? No. Beer and candy. Because that this is our Halloween spectacular episode, man. Oh. Once again, all kinds of great shit for you tonight. You will not believe, listeners. We have a jam-packed episode
7: for Halloween.
3: You know how I love Halloween. It's a great holiday. So this week, of course, you're listening to The Return of the Creep Show. They just had a new CD out on October 5th. They all fall down. We enjoyed them so much and got such great feedback on our last Halloween show that we brought them back. So that's what we're listening to right now. The opening tune tonight was Get What's Coming, which is the lead-off track from the new CD. Well, there's Sermon Part 3, but then the lead-off track, so you've got that. Then, uh, we've got a ton of interviews this week. We've got uh, Uncle Eric Piggers, the amazing artist from Toxic Tunes. We've got an interview with him. We've got an interview with Bruce Glasgow, who is the designer of one of my favorite games, The Betrayal at the House on the Hill. We've got DJ Cheeky Boy, the mastermind behind the Halloween Monster Mashup series. A bunch of free, incredible Halloween music that you can download and listen to. On top of that, behind our interviews, we're going to have the music of Knox Arcana, who we played some of last year again. And we're bringing them back for their new uh, CD, which is Theater of Illusion. And then on top of that, haunt tours once again. I've got tours of five Seattle area haunts for you to check out. And on top of it, an absolutely huge edition of multimedia triage. This is going to be a kick in the ass. You swear a lot. I do. We got to get started, man. It's a lot of stuff. So, beer and candy. Okay. So this first. look, we started. Beer. Last I'm drinking. Year. Okay.
6: I went to my uh, my local store. I opted not to get the one beer that they had that was apparently Halloween themed. I did not want, you know, pumpkin spice, whatever the crap. So this year, Halloween is on the same day as Dia de los Muertos, Day Ooh, of the Dead. Nice. So I got a Mexican beer. I got Bohemia. Bohemia Classica, which is close as I could come to a Halloween beer because it's Mexican beer with like a German name and apparently an Indian on the cover, <laughs> on the label. <laughs> uh, right. So I'm figuring it's like a German guy in costume in uh, at Day of the Dead.
3: Uh, well done, I think.
6: I don't know. I, All right. That's I'm, what I call.
3: I'm drinking Lucifer Belgian ale brewed by Het Onker. Well, this is a it's an interesting thing, man. It's it's really like herby and I don't know. It's very last light. Last year didn't you drink some beer that was like made out of pumpkin and I and did. Yeah, but I did something? that. I don't like pumpkin. I did that for the show last year, but I've moved on. I have three new beers this episode. None of them are repeats from last year, and none of them have any pumpkin in it. So this is Lucifer. You know, th- this beer is like the hardest fucking beer I've ever had to pour. It foams up colossally the minute you pour it. I don't know how to pour Belgian beer, I guess.
6: Oh, yeah. You got to go
3: easy on that stuff. It'll it'll give you head. It's very light and aromatic, kind of spicy. <laughs> Aromantic? Aromatic. Okay, and Julie, I'm going to the candy bag. The Actually, as an honor to Uncle Piggers, I'm using my trick-or-treat bag from last year. And I have... You got to be kidding me!
6: What? What do you Flix have? Flix
3: candy, not your regular gummy. Box of boogers, T- huh. tasty gummy boogies that feel and look real. Oh, this is nasty.
6: Oh, that's that's something <laughs> right there.
3: Oh, dude, these are gross. <laughs> they actually taste like boogers. No, they just look like them. They're like oh. green and brown and yellow and kind of gooey. Cool. It says you they have, look like, dust and feel and real. Here in them. No, they just feel like gummy. They don't feel. Like uh, they're they're kind of like like uh how do you do melon dots or something you know
6: if you put like a few flecks of uh of frosted flakes or something don't, on it, it might get that kind of dried booger thing going on <laughs>
4: all right
3: so that's round one of the uh, candy all
6: right so dude i i in honor of nobody have a grocery bag and what do i have here Creepy Peepers. <laughs> it's uh, chocolatey-coated, peanut-butter-filled eyeballs. It says, I love it, with E-Y-E. I love it. you ah, love it. And it's the, a... Uh,
3: isn't that what the neighbors call you when you're looking over the fence? <laughs>
6: no, but they, they simply call the police now. <laughs> and it is indeed a... Looks like a bloodshot eyeball on the foil, which is rather difficult to unwrap with one good hand my hand is a lot better than it was now it's it's a little bit more functional than my left hand now which is huge you know what that's pretty good chocolate peanut butter in an eyeball looking package creepy peepers
3: i'll trade you some boogers for one okay <laughs> box of
8: boogers well done dude.
3: No, it says that the flavors are snottermelon. <laughs> Sour Green Booger and Lemon Loogie. Nice. All right, dude. So, what pisses so, you off? You know what pisses me
6: off? Weak coffee.
4: <laughs>
6: I made a pot of coffee this morning, and I failed. I just I blew it, making the coffee, went and poured it in my coffee cup, and it was weak. I like strong, black coffee. You know, everyone likes your coffee a little bit different. I just like strong black coffee. And if it's weak, just doesn't cut it for me. It just irritates me. Every time I pick up that cup and drink it, it's not like I can drink twice as much and get the same effect or something. No, yeah. I don't get that little, ah, oh, coffee. It's like, ah, oh, damn, weak coffee. I know you, you like your coffee adulterated. You don't like black coffee. You put like a spoonful of cupcake sprinkles and zebra <laughs> jizz or something in it. But I like the black coffee. Man, when it's weak, that's I put weak. It I put some sugar
3: and the little milk in my coffee. But I make a, a stronger coffee as well. I don't I don't like weak coffee either. You know what always kind of amazes me though is you get up every morning and you make coffee essentially the same way. Do you do you yeah. like actually measure the beans out? Yeah, I, I kind of you know I, I I use the the coffee grinder, so I kind of eyeball it. And I'll scoop them out of the thing, and I'll look at it, and I get it about right, grind it, put it in there. So I, I'm never measuring it, but it always looks about the same. I'm using the same amount of water. and yet, Well, see, what like I you're do saying, is I grind
6: the beans, and then I, I scoop out with a scoop, and that's fairly imprecise. But if I, I count the number of scoops, and then I put in the corresponding amount of water.
3: Yeah, I, I don't do that. But some days, it's amazing how, like, I'll be, you know, and I usually pour my mug, and I'll drive to work. And I'll be, like, on the road, and I'll take a sip, and I'm like, man, that's really good coffee. And then the next day, I'll yeah, that's not very good. I don't know what the sweet spot is, you know, the ratio of coffee or getting it just right. Or if it's, like, the beans that you got in that section of the can were just better. I don't know. I don't know. What pisses you off? You know what pisses me off? No, what? That there aren't enough days for me to do everything I want to do in October. 31 is not enough. We've packed the maximum I uh, know, that's the thing. It's the, allowed the maximum, maximum by allowed by the calendar. And yet I don't have time to do everything I want to do. October's insane. We got kids' soccer. Yep. So it's like three practices a week plus a game. NFL football's going, so I've got football on the weekends. And yep. then all the awesome Halloween shit that comes up. Like yep. going to haunts and movie nights and game nights with friends and trick-or-treating and all this great stuff there is to do. I'm looking at the calendar, and I have something going on basically every night between now and Halloween. It's crazy. And I kind of feel like, you know, I need a night off, but I can't because I want to do all this awesome stuff. October is like your December. This is your Christmas. It kind of is in a lot of ways. Well, I work more during Christmas, but I don't spend as much time doing fun stuff in December as I do in October. I guess, though, there there is a lot of kids' stuff that you do at Christmas, but still... Oh, yeah, and then, you know, Thad's in Cub Scouts now. So there's always something that we're
4: doing.
6: Yeah, Cub Scouts is is one of those things that keeps sneaking up. I don't know about you, but it keeps sneaking up on me. Every month when I get the reminder, hey, don't forget the meeting. I'm like, oh, really,
2: again? I thought we just had a meeting.
3: <laughs> I know. All right, dude. Well, how about a little feedback? How about some feedback?
2: Pwee! Oh,
3: this, uh, speaking of what pisses people off, this is from our good friend McPierce at the Little Dead Podcast. Let's check it out.
9: Hey, guys. Mick Pierce here listening
5: to the latest episode. And I just wanted to call in. I just got done a physics exam, and I'm really pissed off. The thing that really pisses me off is spending a whole weekend, a whole day, studying for an exam, coming in thinking that you know it all, and then as soon as you sit down, forgetting everything that you thought you remembered. This exam was 12 questions all of them obviously physics related having to do with momentum
9: and energy principle and while i think i did okay on the exam it still just pisses me off when i look at a problem and go i just solved this exact same thing this morning what the fuck did i do (laughs) and then sweating for 10 minutes and then spending two minutes doing the problem because then it all comes back at once anyway love the show talk to you guys later bye
3: that sounds to me like a textbook case of performance anxiety. You could talk about that a little bit, can't you? I can
7: talk about <laughs> physics a little bit.
3: You know what pisses me off about physics? Yeah. That a pound of feathers falls at the same rate as a pound of lead. Fuck yeah, you, you physics. Head
4: around
3: that. <laughs> That's some bullshit right there. Look,
6: McPierce, here's what it all comes down to. Remember, when you're doing these kind of problems, velocity is the most important thing. Just like in real life, velocity is more important than mass. You or, get your head around that, everything else will follow. Or
3: your brakes, evidently.
6: Or your brakes, yes. <laughs> Had I hit that fence at a lower velocity, I'd be in less pain. But Even if I weighed a little bit more.
3: Well, yeah. McPierce, I hope you did well on your test, sir. I hope so, too. All right, we got one more piece of feedback this week. This is from our friend Gareth. Uh, he says, I'll keep it simple. I love your show. I love Aww. Halloween. Your Halloween special is airing on October 24th. Coincidentally, that is my birthday. That's quite scary. Cheers, Gareth, an avid listener from Calgary, Canada.
6: Here's the thing, Gareth it's not a coincidence. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Bwah. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to, you. Happy birthday to Gareth. Bwah. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> well done. All right, let's listen to a tune. This is The Creep Show. They all fall down. They all fall down!
0: This is a world
3: This is Steve from the Bone Mash Show, and I'm here with Dan Orme-Dutre from Stalker Farms Field of Scream. That's
10: right. How you guys doing? It's good to be back, man. Yeah. It's uh, nice weather. I hope it keeps up through the rest of October.
3: Another night of blood in the corn, if you will.
10: Absolutely. Slasher family's back. The, uh, the carnies have uh, kind of uh, moved on. There was uh, a year after the big carnival fire, there was a large flood that hit the area, extended the swamp, but everything came up out of the swamp and... Everyone this year is going to go through and experience what remains after the great flood.
3: Fantastic. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what you've got in store.
10: Yeah, should be fun. It's opening night. We're giving away free zombie fingers tonight, and Sweet. Uh, rest of the few other. I hope you guys like uh, suckers. And <laughs> 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 so.
3: what are you charging this year?
10: Same prices every year. Cool. Uh, Fifteen dollars general admission. We do offer discounts on Facebook. Twenty five percent off. For online tickets, it's just an awesome deal. I don't think anybody else at any other event out there has a, a deal like that. We're also uh, working with uh, several other haunts. eight I think about eight, eight or nine other haunts where we're doing the VIP, the VIP pass. Yeah. Yep, the VIP pass for ten dollars, and that allows you to go to any other haunt for fifty percent off, which is just an amazing deal if you're a big haunter and want to hop around. And uh, yeah we're ready we got a great cast this year and uh, great makeup and great props and we're super excited. Cool. Well, let's
3: do this thing. All
10: right. <laughs>
4: And they await your screams. How are you this evening? Very well, Looking forward to
2: a few shrieks of delight, or perhaps horror. If it scares me, yes. We provide.
4: How many do you Four. You four may
11: proceed. Have oh, fun. it go on
4: Keep going, keep going. I'll warn you.
3: Bucket entrails.
11: <laughs> oh, come here,
0: look! Oh, doesn't he look pretty?
3: Uh-oh, Susie Slasher.
4: Welcome to the corn, children!
3: (laughs) No, not the meat room!
4: Are you recording me? Do you really want to record the dead? <laughs> <Yeah>. Run! Oh. <laughs> Ew, this,
3: this room is know. so wrong.
4: <laughs>
3: <a school>. <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
8: I like the briefs on this one. What did you say? It was for <laughs> modesty's sake?
3: <laughs> you got me. Nice. Stop. I need to wring out my pants.
4: Someone want some meat? You know what? 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 <laughs> what? what do you want? What? What? Don't give my
12: attention and don't say anything. You, don't to... you want some meats? I do. Premium meats? Premium meats? <laughs> Germans? Italians? <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. I do. I do.
4: Found. No. <laughs> I think back in the lot. <laughs> Oh my god.
3: I'd love to interview them, but... <laughs> yeah. Just wanted to uh, find out what you thought of Stark Farms Field of Screams this year. It I... was scary, and it, I fell. <laughs> you fell? Did you, yeah. you really?
0: Yeah, because I turned and I tripped oh, yeah. Yeah, over the thing because the chainsaw was chasing me. <laughs>
3: Yeah, we were right behind you and we came out from the chainsaw and you guys were nowhere to be seen. I yeah. felt You guys hauled.
0: You know, you, know when the, <laughs> you know when you come out yeah. right away and you take a left? Hannah, stop taking out the A there. Time. <laughs> I want to talk to It's okay, I got so plenty of takes. That was awesome. No.
4: I want
3: to go again. Ah, uh, excellent. All right, guys, thanks a lot for your go. time. Wait, I
4: didn't get any time. <laughs>
3: Speak <laughs> away, my man.
4: It was scary. <laughs> okay, done. It was well done, good job. Wait, where, hey,
3: folks, can I ask you what you thought of the hunt?
13: That's pretty awesome,
3: yeah. yeah. Is this We're your first that. time at Field of Screams? First time, yeah. First time in any haunted corn maze. Oh, cool! <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. What was the scariest part? Oh, yeah,
12: following me around constantly because <laughs> yeah. I was the last one in line. <laughs> oh, man. I think
0: the scariest part was when the chainsaw just popped out of the woods. I just
4: hit the it
3: started ground, started running at you. <laughs> yeah, <was> like, oh. <laughs> nice. All right, guys, we yeah. really Thanks. appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. All right, this is Steve from the Bone Bat Show, and I'm here once again with Andy at Stalker Farms Field of Screaming. How you doing, man?
8: Doing great, man. We got wow, we got screaming going on already, and these guys haven't even gone through.
3: <laughs> so what would you think, man, of this uh, year's effort?
8: It was fantastic. It was better than last year's. It's longer. It's got more scares. It's got better scares. It's got um, some special effects that I almost think we should just... Uh, not even talk about yeah. it. Let it let it surprise the listeners. The actors come out here to
3: the actors I thought were top notch.
8: They really were. They really were. They got me a couple times where yeah I didn't expect it.
3: Yeah, some genuine chills. So cool yeah. well thanks for joining me once again man
8: oh i really appreciate it i don't know what you do with a deputy assistant junior photographer but <laughs> i get to take a few pictures and you get me into these things and it's awesome i really <laughs> i'm really grateful thanks for having me
3: well check out the bone bat page for a great selection of photos a little gallery from the lens of andy i really appreciate it, man all right thanks what did you think of stalker Farms I field streams
0: I crazy. I can't was you guys in crazy. Crazy. I did safe that was awesome! What was the scariest part? On um, the chainsaw. Chainsaw.
3: <laughs> chainsaw? The little doll girl. The doll girl? Yeah, the Susie Slasher. She's a favorite.
0: Yeah,
3: the tunnel. Heck yeah. All right. Cool. Well, thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. All right. We're back. And joining us here on the Bone Bat Show is artist extraordinaire, Uncle Eric Piggers. How you doing, sir?
5: Great. How are you guys?
3: Very well. Thanks so much for joining us on our very special Halloween episode of the Bone Bat Show, man.
5: Can't think of anybody else who could be more appropriate. <laughs> Absolutely, We couldn't either.
6: That's why we got you.
3: <laughs> so, so I got to say, you know, growing up as a 70s kid... You know, under the influence of like Aurora models and groovy ghoulies and odd rod cards and all that great stuff when cartoony monsters were all the rage. When I first saw your art, I was immediately just blown away. Wow, this is cool stuff.
5: Thanks. Yeah, it seems like a lot of, I mean, I don't know how old you guys are. I just turned 48 yesterday. But anyway. All right, I'm
6: 40, I'll be 43 in a couple more
3: months. Yeah, and I'm 42, so...
5: So it, it is weird how I get that a lot, like a lot of people who I think see my artwork, see a lot of what they kind of grew up and in, were inspired by. Yeah, that's kind of how like... my artwork even came about, was just from inspiration and kind of mushing it all together into like what I do.
3: Who are your big influences?
5: Well, some of the ones you just mentioned are, I mean, Aurora Models... Unfortunately, I only had one of them. I had the glow-in-the-dark mummy one. Cool. Oh, no, I had the, the glow-in-the-dark in the dark, mummy. No, the glow-in-the-dark and the creature from the Black Lagoon is the one I had. Ah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, Odd Rods were like my big inspiration, and Wacky Packs, and oh yeah, Plop Comics, and Mad Magazine, and The Munsters, and Rat Fink, Groovy oh. Ghoulies. Frightenstein, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It was a
3: good time to grow up. It really was, yeah. That's probably like <laughs> why you see your art and,
6: and people go, "Oh, I remember this." That's your first impression. I remember this, even though it's brand new. It's 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 striking that vibe of it's uh so fundamental to your childhood perceptions. I think.
5: Yeah, it's it's weird because some people say, "Oh, your stuff reminds me of the uh, garbage pail kids." I'm kind of like, what? <laughs> well,
6: yeah,
4: uh, those
6: guys are Johnny-come-lately. That, was, Johnny come that, lately. Yeah, that, that was, was nothing compared to Wacky later. Packs.
5: No. Yep. I mean, those were good, too, but maybe they just kind of recognized the grossness of both that work and my work, I guess.
3: So, you, But you also do a lot of work with Disney, correct?
5: Well, I used to until they uh, went computer and sent <laughs> all our work to Canada and where else. <laughs> Pretty much I worked at Disney's from 1987 when they did Oliver and Company
4: Mm -hmm. and I worked
5: there straight until Home on the Range and then they got rid of everybody because they felt like nobody wanted to see hand-drawn animation anymore. They only wanted to see computer stuff.
3: But they brought a little bit of that back, right? With Princess and the Frog?
5: Yeah. And um, I was kind of lucky enough to go back and work on that because they sent a majority of the work I used to do to Canada and Spain and Florida and they're doing a Winnie the Pooh feature right now, which is basically almost completely all sent up to Canada.
4: Oh, wow.
5: It's pretty sucky. I mean, that's one thing I could talk about that that I hate. (laughs) (laughs) Not having a job, because it was a great paying job, and you had health benefits, and pretty much that's how Toxic Tunes exists right now, is I basically saved all my money from working all those days, and when they let go of us, I looked at what I was doing, and I thought I should invest my money in something i enjoyed so i've been doing that and now i'm almost down to nothing
3: with my savings oh wow well yeah one of the things when i first heard of toxic tunes i had to pick up one of your halloween bags because that is just one of the coolest thing i got the orange one last
5: year oh yeah with frankenstein in his
4: three feet yeah
3: And you know, every year you, Eric does this Halloween bag. You don't always know exactly what you're going to get in it, but it's got stickers in it. It's a perfect trick or treat bag. My my seven year old son last year was walking around with it on on <laughs> Halloween night it
5: with a lot of candy.
3: Yeah, it had a, it's got a, a coloring book in it and other stuff. Now, are you out of those yet, or do you still have some?
5: Well, the one I did this year, I have about nine left, so they're pretty close to gone.
3: So you better check in quick, folks, if you want to pick one of those up. And then you've got your great T-shirts. I have the uh, Frankenstein and uh, Mrs. Dracula Drag Racer, the kind of greenish-purple one. That one's really cool.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's really uh, a limited one. I didn't do that many of that one. That's kind of the thing, too. Like, when you buy my stuff nowadays, especially, because I'm kind of only doing real small runs of stuff, Mm -hmm. so it's like, if you get a shirt, you might get a shirt that I only printed a couple dozen of, and Mm -hmm. then some of them... I keep them around longer if it's something that's really popular and sells well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I come up with so many drawings all the time that I just like, oh, this would look good as a t-shirt, I think. Let's see how it does.
6: How many styles... So do you do the uh, silk screening yourself?
5: No. If I did that, I could probably make them a lot easier. So, I mean, I have I have to pay some guy that does it, so... Gotcha. I know Ed, Ed, Big Daddy Rock used to do that. Was, he had all his stuff in his garage, and he would print his own T-shirts, which is good because saves a lot of money because you don't have to like buy like forty shirts at a time.
6: Yeah, yeah you can do short runs a lot easier. You know, yeah. by uh, the actual creating the art and drawing the art's the hard part. You can burn it all to the silk screens pretty
8: painlessly.
5: Yeah, there's. I mean, sometimes I'll go through like a month or two where I don't even draw. And then I'll go through a month where I just draw all the time, and I just have ideas popping in my head all the time. Usually around Halloween, I get kind of really inspired, too, so yeah. a lot of stuff starts kind of popping in my head. Sorry. I'm already working on stuff for next year.
3: Oh, cool. <laughs> so about how many designs do you have live at any given time?
5: I think right now I have over 20 designs on my site. Cool.
3: So there's Sorry. lots of stuff for that. people to check out at ToxicTunes.com. So this it, year,
5: and it's spelled sorry. like toxic, and then tunes like cartoons, T O O N S.
3: Yeah, yeah. Like I'm a
6: cartoonist, so like I yeah. spell tunes when I'm telling I mean, the people the whole about way my that names.
5: I even thought up the name was like in '87. I was trying to think of a name to put on a back of postcards I made,
4: mm-hmm.
5: and I used to spray paint all my backgrounds out of. My, my apartment um balcony so I'd be out there like coughing with all the cloud of like, toxic
6: <laughs> <laughs> with, like the old uh, with rattle cans
5: yeah and Jeez. then I'd be like damn what what should I call this stuff and then I'm like and like <laughs> and then I just thought oh toxic and cartoons that kind of goes together toxic too and...
3: <laughs> that kicks ass I love that
5: <laughs> so just kind of that's how it all came about cool. I had I used to have a list of like all these other stupid names and Man, they were really bad. <laughs> I should try and find it.
3: So this year you actually hooked up with a mask designer as well, right?
5: Yeah, um, Trick or Treat Studios, which just started this year. They have about 20 masks, but they did one based on one of my characters called Gruesome. And um, Justin Mabry sculpted it. The way that came about is he, he contacted me about two years ago and he said he really liked my art and he wanted to sculpt a mask. Just for fun Mm -hmm. I was like sure go ahead And then so he did it and I saw it He was going to just produce a real low run Like maybe do 12 masks And paint them up really nice And sell them for a lot more than you Usually would buy a mask in a store for Mm -hmm. And then uh, he ended up Partnering with his friend Chris Zephro who who runs Trick or Treat Studios and then they just kind of Brought me in and they plan on doing I think two or three more for next year
3: (laughs) That's too cool
5: but the, the gruesome one, they said, is the best-seller one. And kind of a combination of, like, everything. Like, you look at him, he's, like, kind of Frankenstein, a werewolf, a ghoul. got, like, a big thing on the back of his head that says low voltage. <laughs> and there's a, a little spot in the teeth where you can drink your beer.
3: Is it really? Oh, that's critical. Yeah, yeah that, that is very important. <laughs>
5: Except it would have to probably be bottled beer. You could right. fit a bottle in there perfectly, but if you try it with a can, you might be, like, dribbling
3: through his neck.
6: <laughs> well, see, the next thing or you, you can... need to do is partner with a microbrew, sell it as a Halloween kit.
3: There you go. <laughs> I like that idea. Yeah, don't drink and
5: drive and don't wear this mask where you're drinking and driving. <laughs>
3: <laughs> cool. So what's, what's next for you, Eric? What are you working on now?
5: I'm doing a show this weekend, actually, called Weekend of Horrors. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bruce Campbell and Clyde Barker are the two main guests It's out here in Burbank, California. Wow. It's cool. The three-day horror show. And then I'm going to go back to Georgia following weekend. Me and my wife usually go back to this haunted house called Netherworld.
3: Yeah, is at, that in Atlanta? It's in
5: Atlanta. Yeah. I think we got voted number one haunted house in America a couple times.
3: Yeah, I'm familiar with it through uh, Rotting Flesh oh, Radio. Yeah.
5: I'm friends with the owner... Billy Messina, I met him at Comic-Con a few years ago, and I do a lot of t-shirt art for their haunted house. So we go out there, and we um, usually will sell like my merchandise for like one day, and then we'll dress up and scare people inside <laughs> for like two days, which is a lot of fun.
3: That sounds awesome, man. Alright, well one question we always ask all of our guests on the Bone Bat Show. What pisses you off, Eric?
5: <laughs> well, my wife and I were talking about this tonight. Every year when I go out, looking for new halloween merchandise out in the stores i just find crap and that's kind of why i do my own stuff because i'm like well what would i want to buy if i went to a store so that's kind of why i have like those trick-or-treat bags and stuff mm-hmm. but this year the thing that pisses me off is the glitterization of skeletons <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh i
3: saw <laughs> that shit yeah like
5: every store you go in it seems like there's like skull heads with
6: glitter all over
3: them have you seen these gourds? No, this is this sounds atrocious. At Target, there's like four foot tall, pink, glittery skeletons, and they actually weigh like five pounds. They're heavy. They're like a <laughs> big ass skeleton Christmas ornaments or something. It's the oddest thing. I just saw that this weekend.
6: Now, if it yeah. was like a skeleton of a my pretty pony or a, like a skeleton of a
10: unicorn, <laughs> I could well, see, perhaps see glitter. That's
5: the thing that kind of pisses me off. Is of it? I mean, there is a lot of cool stuff for Halloween, but I just don't see too much of it anymore. Like, I don't know, when we were younger, it just seemed like there was, stuff had more of an edge to it. Now it just seems like, I don't know if the big chain companies are like kind of dumbing stuff down so they could kind of not make it too, like, scary.
6: Well, you yeah. know, yes and no. I mean, I remember as a kid my costume a few years being, you know, like Casper, and you get the mask of whatever. <laughs> casper or superman or whatever and then the part you put on your body is nothing more than like a bib with a with a picture (laughs) of the character on it like you're not even the character you're a guy wearing a picture of the character those are the most assholic costumes
5: actually throw a match on your costume and be really scary
6: yeah my dad kept trying that on me as how he taught me to run fast human torch yeah
5: (laughs) well i think they made those costumes flame retardant but I'm sure there was a kid probably running around the neighborhood who got too close to a jack-o-lantern. I mean, like when you were kids, did you used to see a lot of haunted houses when you went trick-or-treating?
3: You know, we had the scary house on the block. That was always, there was always one guy who really did it up. You know, and he had like the, the coffin in the front yard and the woman would dress up like a witch and it was pretty scary. I, I remember, I think I've told this story before, one of my older friends had, you know, we're walking around the neighborhood and he, he started in on me like three blocks away. Yeah, I think this lady ate a kid last year, you know, <laughs> and so by the time you get there, you're just about shitting yourself. <laughs> and it, You know, it's Holy fine, of course, but yep. yeah, just I'll never forget that was so much fun. Just being, you know, scared out of my wits all night. I was probably like six or seven years old, you know?
5: There was one house that freaked me out, and and there was, like, nothing even at the house. It was just basically all dark, and they were playing that Haunted Mansion record from Disneyland.
4: (laughs) Absolutely, yeah.
5: And I was, like, walking to the door, and I'm, like, looking all over the place, expecting, like, something to, like, pop out and scare the shit out of me. And get to the door, and I'm knocking, and nobody's coming, and I'm, like, looking around, and I'm like, ugh. (laughs) I <laughs> guess nobody's here, but they left the record in the garage playing, so somebody must have been there.
3: They probably left, you know, the bucket of untended candy and the teenagers got it? <laughs> yeah, yeah lasted, lasted, five lasted five minutes.
4: minutes.
5: <laughs> well, I think it scared me so much because there was another house that I went to, like maybe ten houses before that was kind of like the one you're talking about where it had like the Wolfman and Frankenstein and a witch and they're all in fog and they were like, you got to go up to the door to get your candy. And I'm like, I don't want to go up there.
4: <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. But,
5: but now I remember it. And now I kind of do that at my mom's house. Like I deck it all out in the garage. And the other day I heard these little kids walking by and I was setting stuff up in her window and I hear them say, oh, that's that creepy house at, at Halloween.
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs> you see, that's, that's awesome to have that reputation. I'm working on that. <laughs> Last year, I kind of raked up all the pine needles into a couple of graves and stuck a shovel in it and put up some tombstones. And then on the day after Halloween, I went out and got, like, the big fog machine and some cemetery gates. So this year, I'm going to do it upright.
5: Cool. Yeah, you should hide under the pine needles.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you can have a hand popping out of there or something, that'd be
5: ideal. Yeah. I always put, like, dummies up. Because, like, most of the time, if you prop up a dummy with a mask on it, like, everybody thinks it's real. Yeah. then you just kind of hide somewhere else to scare the <laughs>
3: crap out of them. Well, they always wonder, yeah, because, you know, you go to enough, like, haunted things, and there's yeah. always that misdirection Oh where the, the, the guy that you're looking at, you know, that's not the one that's going to get you.
5: Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> last year at Netherworld, I was hiding in this dark room, and my wife was kind of on the other side of the wall with an axe, and then there was, like, a monster, like, right kind of across from me so everybody's walking down this thing and they would just be staring at that monster and then i would just pop out right behind him and scare him so bad like this one guy I remember he fell on the ground and he was screaming and then <laughs> he like fell on the ground and then he sees my wife with the an axe and then he starts even <laughs> screaming louder
8: oh that's awesome
5: the best though is when they do the conga line where they cover their eyes like they're all like I don't know if you've seen that movie Human Centipede. <laughs> yeah.
3: I haven't, but I'm familiar. <laughs> but
5: I haven't seen it yet either. I have not waiting to watch it, but that's kind of what they look like. They're all just kind of stuck together and they're covering their eyes and I'm like,
4: yeah. dude,
3: you paid Yeah, you paid. To yeah, how much to get in here, right? Yeah.
5: Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> but I don't know. I, I guess a lot of people like you watch a lot of horror movies.
3: Absolutely, yeah. I'm oh, yeah. a big fan of the stuff.
5: Yeah, cuz I think Tolerance. Once you watch enough of that stuff, like, it just kind of like, ah, eh, nothing scares
3: me. Right. Really. Yeah, we're, we're but, slowly taking the kids, you know, because y- yeah. y- you want to kind of introduce them. And with the, we, we found kind of with the haunts and the haunted trails that, you know, I'll take them even on a tour in advance. And, you know, they'll know that it's people in makeup. And it's like the kid, you know, down the street. And it still kind of gets them, and they get nervous. So I think you to yeah. just got to bring them in slow with that sort of thing. But hopefully by the time they're my age, they'll be big fans of the stuff as well.
5: <laughs> yeah, the first haunted house we built in my mom's garage when I was like, I think it was probably 1975 or four. I hit up in the rafters, and I kind of worked everything. Like I had ghosts on strings, so I'd like pull them up when people would walk by. And then at the end, I threw this dummy down on them. And it was just filled with like, <laughs> newspaper, but I mean, it was pitch black in there and my brother was, like, walking him around with, like an executioner's thing with a hatchet <laughs> so they're already, like, nervous and then I dropped the thing down and it would scream and then this one little kid just started crying so loud and then his mom's, like, just standing there laughing.
6: <laughs> oh, great, mom.
5: And then, of course, right after that, the jocks came in and destroyed it all.
3: Aw, oh, bummer.
5: They're, like, <laughs> kicked over everything and punched in all the pumpkins and, oh, and I sucks. tried throwing the dummy on them, but it didn't really do anything <laughs> it was just filled with newspapers
6: that's where you need the axe there you
5: go yeah, <laughs> yeah my brother should have turned around but he was too little yeah
3: <laughs> alright man well thank you so much for joining us on the show where once again can uh, our listeners find your stuff? it's at toxictoons.com fantastic happy Halloween lots man lots of
5: creepy stuff there for Halloween Although I celebrate Halloween all year round. Most of <laughs> the people who buy my stuff do, too.
3: Well, like I said, I'm a, I'm a happy customer, so take it from me. It's good stuff.
5: Thank you very much. You're welcome. Do you want to say goodbye to my friend?
3: <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, once again, that was The Creep Show with They All Fall Down, the title track off their latest CD. You can pick that up at thecreepshow.org or at finer music stores near you. Following that, we also had our first of our haunt tours, Stalker Farms' Field of Screams, which was a blast. We love the Stalker Farms. And then we just came off our interview with Uncle Eric Piggers. Thanks again, Eric, for uh, joining us on the show. Thanks, man. Stop by toxictoons.com and pick up some t-shirts, folks. It is the cool thing to be wearing. And if he still has any of those Halloween bags like I'm holding right here, you don't want to miss out. That's not the bag you're usually holding. So, dude, you got a political rant this week?
4: Yeah, I do
3: happen to have a political rant this week. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I almost forgot. Huh? Remember, we are going to do that thing. Okay, so everybody knows that we've been trying to, you know kind of monetize this whole podcast thing for a while now folks say it can't be done but i think this this is the thing this is where you're gonna yeah yeah. monetize yeah we're gonna try to do this here so we're actually gonna run a, a political ad now so here we go
2: democratic nominee dante mcsatan wants to be your senator of course he does Gaining power over you is what Dante McSatan has always been about. This is the same McSatan who allegedly killed his preschool teacher while he was still in diapers. Yes, that's right. Dante McSatan was still wearing diapers in preschool. He wet the bed as well. Dante McSatan favors pedophilia. He wants Osama bin Laden to win, and he openly expresses contempt for our Constitution, Mount Rushmore, and apple pie. He's a communist, a potential lawyer, and a man who aspires to be a journalist. His heroes are Genghis Khan, Joseph Stalin, and Vanilla Ice. That's right, Vanilla Ice. Can we really trust a candidate like Dante McSatan in the U.S. Senate? Here's what the respected Mayberry Herald had to say about him.
0: Dante McSatan is running for the U.S. Senate.
2: The Mayberry Herald's warning should not be ignored. A vote for McSatan is a vote to destroy America. Make sure to vote for the better choice this November, Republican John Dracula, the Family Values Candidate.
6: Wait, dude, what? You can't. This is my. This is my part of the show. I do the political rant. You can't have some John Dracula ad going on. Why not?
4: Well, I'm trying to make the same I, pay for, for itself. I'm for Dante
6: McSatan myself. I'm not for John Dracula. Here, listen to this.
2: Republican John Dracula says he's for fiscal responsibility. This is the same man that members of his own party called a bloodsucker and a well-dressed corpse. Dracula was raised a closet Nazi before attending Oxford University, where he learned that Hitler was soft on crime and was into astrology. This is where Dracula's political life takes a radical turn, and he signs on as a stakeholder to Newt Gingrich's contract with America. Gingrich distanced himself from Dracula after his nuke Afghanistan campaign was found to be funded by mortuary industry money. In 2004, John Dracula killed 14 people, only to be let off on a legal technicality. His explanation to voters? We all make mistakes. Well, don't you make a mistake this November. A vote for Dracula is a vote for corporate giveaways, the liquidation of the Red Cross blood supply, and the extremist Republican agenda. We've come too far, America, to go back to the days of Bush, Cheney, and Dracula. Vote for Dante McSatan for U.S. Senator. You still may be going to hell, but at least you'll have some blood left when you get there.
3: I don't know, man. That's some bullshit right there.
2: That is so You, you see bullshit.
3: how negative he gets? That's what I can't stand, is the negativity out of the McSatan camp.
6: <laughs> the negativity out of the McSatan camp? The
3: McDracula
6: camp <laughs> is far more negative than the McSatan camp.
3: That's uh, it is... Mick
6: Dracula. I meant tra- He's so negative. I'm. I'm, I'm changing his nationality.
3: Lord. John Dracula is not Irish, my friend.
6: <laughs> Nor is he Scottish. <laughs> or that either. None of the above. He's Transylvanian.
4: That's
3: right. I said Transylvanian. I'm not afraid of you people. See, you're getting all racist and shit. This. That's this right. Is how this we is Dude, we have devolving. way
6: too many vampire Transylvanians running this country, as far as I'm concerned. I said it. Yeah, bring it. <laughs> So is that your political rant for this week? It's not so much that I'm against Transylvanians, okay. I don't want people to take it wrong, but I am against Transylvanians who happen to be vampires. I just don't. I just don't think that they share the same moral structure as our founding fathers, and it worries me that we're getting more and more of a vampiric influence in our once pure anti-vampire culture. And yeah, you, know, you know, I don't mind like. If there's someone, you know, maybe that goes to school with my kid or something and his parents happen to be vampires in their own personal life. But I don't I don't want them pushing their, their vampire agenda on me. That's that's all I'm saying.
3: Really, there's no room in your worldview for a little bit of vampirism? If they want to practice vampirism... I mean, what next are you oh, going to... have? if out- they want to dress up like Transylvanians...
6: And they want to do it in their own home, that's fine. But I'm worried about the Transylvanian ag- vampire agenda that's being really pushed down the throats of, of all of us non-vampire people. Why why do I have to go to a supermarket and see true blood on the shelf? See, what what's next? I mean How am I gonna explain this to my kids? Next are, are you gonna children?
3: start singling out lycanthropy? Are you gonna start pointing fingers at the mummyocracy?
6: <laughs> First of all. <laughs> I have never been against the lycanthropes. (laughs) My aunt is a lycanthrope, all right? Okay. Fair enough. I I once had a cousin that was a (laughs) pig. A little accident involved in silver. We don't really talk about it. Kind of a dark period of family history. So
3: is he the black boar of the family? (laughs) He was. What happened?
6: You know... Yeah, when you're kids and you're, you're playing Mumbly Peg with a knife. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I was playing Mumbly Peg with the family silver. Ah. Uh, yeah. Nice. Awkward.
3: Moment silent, please. Can we Gers. just
6: do, like, one wear pig grunt together?
3: <laughs> okay, on three. That was for you <coughs>
6: yeah, I can't do it again. <laughs> <coughs> I think I sucked down some eyeball.
3: <coughs> oh, my God. You're complaining. I'm chewing on boogers. Woo. Ah so am I <laughs>
6: <Mine> aren't gummy
3: <laughs> okay I think we beat this to undeath we'll all right, well. I'd like to thank Dan Carlin who put together these two commercials for his most recent episode of Common Sense uh, episode 186 has a really thought-provoking uh, discussion of attack ads and uh, this was a little something he put together for that so please by all means go to dancarlin.com and check out Common Sense and its counterpart Hardcore History Both fantastic podcasts, and thanks so much to Dan for uh, letting us play this on the show. Now, when you say by all means, you mean by all means. Do whatever it takes. Yes, to get to that website and download that podcast. (laughs) What are we talking about? I don't know. So let's listen to another Creep Show tune, then. Let's. All right, this is Dusk Till Dawn.
0: show and you are listening to the
3: bone bat show all right this is steve from the bone bat show and i'm here at haunted nightmare in bothell with jody industry how you guys doing tonight
8: doing fabulous great. hauntingly well
3: <laughs> so haunted nightmare i haven't been to this haunt yet uh tell me a little bit about it
8: haunted nightmare it's uh last year we were at clown cemetery last year was our first year changed our theme this year trying something new haunted nightmare we've got a little bit of everything visions from your nightmares and uh, it's, uh as far as we know it's the only 3d haunt around I don't know how far, I don't know of any others in the area, but you wear 3D glasses, the walls come alive to bring your nightmares to life.
3: <laughs> it really is a fantastic effect. I hadn't seen that before, and when we did the initial walkthrough, it looks great. It's just eye-popping. really catches you.
12: It is. We have a lot of uh, people that are a little hesitant to put on their glasses, and we always say make sure you put them on, because the rest of your crew is going to be oohing and on you're going to be missing out. So you definitely want to put your glasses on.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So give us a little, just a little taste of what the story is at this home.
12: Poor Jack, he uh, had an encounter with an alien out uh, selling ice cream. He got a hold of one of his alien pops, and uh, that uh, ran some serum into his brain, and he started uh, thinking he had nightmares, but these nightmares were actually the alien probing his mind and learning more about the fears of us humans, and as time wears on, his nightmares get more and more intense, as well as his neighbors, and pretty soon everyone around is experiencing the terrorizing nightmares that all of us are going to experience
3: alien probes it doesn't get much better than that during halloween right (laughs) exactly all right what are your hours for now through halloween
8: we're
12: open uh 7
8: p.m till 11 p.m and uh, it kind of varies definitely every friday and saturday from here on out then the last two thursdays and the very last wednesday so 15 16 21 through 23 27 through 31
3: Okay, cool, and we'll have a link to the website right on the Bone Bat page for you, so you can check out that, listeners. Uh, and then one final thing, we always ask everybody on the Bone Bat show, what pisses you guys off?
8: Oh, I guess that uh, cocky guy that goes through and uh, tries to make fun of everything, but really you can tell he was the
12: most, most scared of the bunch. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Destry? I would definitely agree. Uh, it's all about having fun and letting yourself be scared, and if you... If you don't want to be scared, stay home. But if you want to have fun and have a good time and be scared, come on out and enjoy.
3: Fantastic. Well, thanks for spending a few minutes with us here on the Bone Bat Show.
12: Thanks, Steve. Thank you.
3: After you, folks. Mm-hmm. Good luck. I want to be going in first. You
4: Okay, guys, hurry up. I going
0: to get this little... Oh, my gosh.
4: Oh, my God.
3: show podcast i was wondering what do you think a haunted
11: nightmare this year it was great yeah. it's very well done what was your favorite part
4: i want my mommy, my mommy. <laughs> that
3: was very cool yeah what did you think i
6: have to agree that was the best part yeah. no doubt
3: cool well, thank you very much i appreciate your time you're welcome what did you think of haunted nightmare
11: oh it was scary yeah loved it yeah, yeah. cool what still did? shaking
3: <laughs> what's your favorite part
11: Oh my god, I think the clown with the woman with the veins kind of being Freddy Krueger.
3: Yeah, yeah, the uh. That was really with good. The giant yeah. master? Yeah. Oh, I just had fun laughing at him. The chains <laughs> on the wall behind
10: me. Oh yeah, the
11: woman with the chains. Oh yeah, the woman with the chains. <laughs> She's a good one when she went. <laughs> the only time she got scared. Yeah. <laughs> she was in the back. <laughs> the rest was laughing at him. Well, thanks a lot. I really <laughs> well, thank appreciate thank it. You.
3: Thank you. right, I'm Steve from The Bone Bath Show. What did you guys think of Haunted Nightmare this year?
11: It was
0: awesome.
8: Loved it. Loved yeah. the Vortex. The 3D
0: 3D was beautiful. What'd you think? It's an advantage to like be short in the tunnel. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
3: All right, thanks a lot. I appreciate your time.
4: Thank you. A metal podcast with the latest news, concert announcements, and album releases. A podcast focused on metal with four highly opinionated hosts with different tastes in metal wrapped up to bring you essentially three shows in one. (coughs) A show dedicated to just metal with great discussions on the hottest and latest metal topics, a lot of humor, and plays brand new release songs. (coughs) One podcast that offers you all this and it's free fucking priceless focus on metal podcast what's on your ipod
3: once again dusk till dawn which has nothing to do with the film of the same name but that's awesome anyway what do you think of the new creep show man i'm liking the new creep show good i'm glad that we could play some pleasing music to you
6: I am pleased.
3: After that, we had our second haunt tour, Haunted Nightmare and Bothell. <laughs> the cool thing about that haunt, which I had never seen before, was they gave you 3D glasses before you went in.
6: Wait, are you watching this on TV or looking at a piece of paper or something? I thought you're in a 3D world to start with.
3: Yeah, so basically everything stands out even more. You see like a fluorescent orange skeleton face at the wall. It looks like it's right next to your hand. You can reach out and you can touch it, and it's farther away than it looks.
8: Dude, that's trippy.
3: It's really cool. It's a neat effect. I've went been to a number of different haunted attractions, and I've never seen anything like this. It was probably the shortest haunt actually. We I toured this year, but that was absolutely a unique thing. And so, if you're looking but it, for, it looked
6: longer in those glasses. I think. yeah, I
3: did. It looked like three times the length. Actually, I've been wearing the glasses around the house lately.
6: If you know what I mean. Ah, you know what? I was gonna get some of the glasses and have my wife wear them. I'll send you a pair. Thanks. See, ta-da, better than those enzyme pills, huh?
3: (laughs) So anyway, yeah, check out Haunted Nightmare in Bothell. They're open through Halloween, like all these haunts. So I think it's time for a little more candy and beer. Beer and candy. (laughs) I I don't know, man. The Lucifer was 8% alcohol by volume. You got to watch those Belgian beers. Yeah. They'll knock your dick in the dirt. (laughs) Duly knocked. (laughs) So uh, now I'm trying out. This is Witchwood Scarecrow Golden Pale Ale. Now this is from the same uh, brewer that did last year's Cock Goblin, or sorry, Cock Goblin Bob <laughs> Cob- Goblin. You totally forgot about that whole episode. <laughs> You're confusing
6: your favorite hobby with your beer.
3: <laughs> I think you said that in the last episode. We actually had to go out and get the band Cock Goblin to be on the next show because of my mistake. So. It was Goblin Cock. Yeah, something. Like- <laughs> How big was that beer? It was big.
6: Oh,
3: God. Is this going to be another episode where at the end it's just slurring and stuttering? It could be. All right. All so right. That's, that's our beer is Witchwood Scarecrow. What's your candy? I,
6: I'm grabbing my big old bag of tricks right
8: now.
3: Evidently, there was a request from the children to uh, save some of the boogers for them. So I've
8: done it. Oh, that. all right.
3: I grab...
6: It's red... And it has a panda on it. God, I hope this is panda candy. I want to eat real panda.
3: I have an Annabelle's Rocky Road. Milk chocolate coated marshmallow with cashews. You had that last year. No, I didn't. I had an Idaho Spud last year.
6: Oh, maybe I had a Rocky Road. Mine is raspberry licorice. It's all natural. It says contains real raspberries. I'm still unclear on why there's a panda on it.
3: Maybe the pandas eat the raspberries. This This is this is
6: utterly perplexing. I'm looking all over it for a reason why it's called Panda and has a panda on it and I see nothing. It's like some guy that owns the liquor company just happens to like pandas, I guess. Yeah. There's there's no. All right. I'm I'm going for it. It's like brown. It's not red and smells like Panda anus.
3: So this candy bar has like no discernible backbone. It's like just putting a glutinous mass in your mouth. It's not the first like, time
11: it's happening. It neat. tastes
3: like chocolate and marshmallow and cashew, I guess, but I don't know. I like a little something that's a little more al dente in my candy bar. I don't know. You know you ever walk into one of those
6: the old the old school like natural food stores that were had almost no actual food but it was like all vitamin supplements and like strange herbs and Hell things no. like that. Like, we had one of Ayurica for a while.
3: Yeah, and you know why I don't go to places like that? Because they sell fucked up peanut butter. That's why.
6: Yeah. Well, this smells like... Any peanut butter that stores. has
3: an inch and a half of vis- viscous liquid on the top, I want no part of. You know what I don't understand about peanut butter? is why anyone would buy peanut butter that's anything except
6: the ingredients of peanuts and salt. That's the best peanut butter is. You just you take peanuts and you smash them and maybe put a little salt on them. Wait, peanut that's butter so awesome. it's why great. don't you do that why, why this like jiffy creamy mono sodium whatever the, yeah This peanuts okay so the panda all natural raspberry licorice smells like the inside of a natural foods distributor <laughs> and tastes a bit like the armpit of the person working behind the counter I would not recommend this
3: I Daniel. don't know I saw her she was kind of hot
6: yeah but her armpit tastes like a panda
3: yeah but still
6: this is gross. <laughs> I'm not eating this.
3: You know, natural candy, I, I don't know. I, maybe some of our listeners can make a suggestion on that, but I don't think I've ever had a natural candy that I thought was worth a shit. I don't know that I've ever tried any nap. How do you go wrong with raspberries? I mean, raspberries are naturally
6: yummy. What's in this thing? Molasses, that's what it is. Molasses, wheat flour, raspberry puree, citric acid, any, Natural any... raspberry flavor, which I think would come from raspberries to start with. Black carrot juice. Jesus, God. Any, like, sorghums? Licorice extract. That's it. There's got to be some sorghum in there somewhere. No sorghum. What is licorice that you get an extract from it? It's a root, isn't it? You say so. I don't know. It's got to be something. This is made by Oi Panda. That's the name of the company. Oi <laughs> so Panda. A, it's
3: a Jewish panda?
6: And it's made in Oy Finland. Oi Panda. Oh, Finland. Oi Panland of Finland. Finland. You can go
3: to www.panda.fi.
6: Wow, that's that's a freakiest thing I put in my mouth in. Well, I think
3: we we both we had a double candy fail there. Yeah. Yeah. Trade you. All right, let's see if we can wash the taste out of our mouths. <laughs> Alright, so once again, this is Steve here at Dark Hollow Haunted Forest, and I'm speaking with the evil mastermind behind this whole shebang, Eric
1: Tavares. How you doing, sir? I am here, I'm doing well, and I'm alive, which is good. In this, this business, it's easy to lose one's life. <laughs> well, I know you've got to be putting in the hours, because you have a nice long trail this year. We do. It, yes, it is. How's that for a soundbite? The, the first weekend is always adventurous, because there's a lot of actors out there. And there are a few characters I have never seen before in my life, and it makes me very worried because uh, who knows who they are. (laughs) Well
3: that's, you know, something good for the repeat customers, something different. Now, a few different things this year. There is an absolutely disturbing nursery in Pandora's Labs. We're seeing a little more of Pandora's Labs last year. We just kind of dipped our toes in, and this year they've got big issues, man.
1: Yeah, you know, this whole Pandora Labs thing is kind of a fluke because this lab has been here near the Cedar River for years. Uh, and something really went bad with it. Um, you know, they have, they have the whole facility. They've got a daycare administration. They have a whole greenhouse and a venom lab where they do all these wonderful experiments. And we do our show here just, you know, around the same area. And something really weird has been happening. Uh, the military's been keeping us out. But, you know, we have our ways to try and sneak things through. There's a lot of really freaky things that's going on here this year.
3: Yeah, there's definitely a few things to be seen out there.
1: Yeah, you know, as as far as we know here, the uh, Pandora Labs has spread, the whole concept is that. uh, And if you go to the website here, you'll be able to see the entire, there's an entire website devoted to Pandora Labs, and uh, in fact, we've even had a few people email us asking if they could get more information about our experiments on mutated chickens and like uh, enhanced vegetables and things, Ah. which makes me very worried about people out there who think this sort of thing is real. Uh, But yeah, the whole idea is that Pandora Labs has lost containment. The military has come in and they're losing. And so uh, the effects have spread into the populace. And so the local village, the local church, and then uh, the weird denizens of uh, Buag Bayou. And then, of course, the final mansion, the home of uh, Mr. Carradine, the owner Uh, and CEO of Pandora Labs.
3: Where is Carradine? That's right. So you have seen it. I have. That's
1: right. Good deal. All right. So uh, when will you be open from now until Halloween? Tomorrow, the 16th is our opening night. We're then open Thursdays through Saturdays, through the rest of October. We start at 7. Something new this year is that our family walk, which is the non-scary portion, it's cheaper this year. It's only 5 bucks, and it's only on Saturdays from 5 to 6.30. So anyone out there who has little ones that want to come check it out, it's a great way to get introduced to the show, but in the daylight, so it isn't so scary. Otherwise, we're open every evening from 7 to 10 on Thursdays till 11 or later on Fridays and Saturdays, and then also this year, open on Sunday on Halloween. Fantastic. Well, thanks once again for letting us join you out here at Dark Hollow Haunted Forest. Thank you. Good luck.
3: Hi, this is Steve from the oh, Bone Bat Show, and I'm here at Dark Hollow Haunted Forest. Just came out of the trail, and uh, I'm here with a few of the scary's. How are you guys doing tonight?
0: Good. So,
3: uh, what did you think of the Dark Hollow Trail this year? They
0: Better only than won. last year. The little girl <laughs> that hissed was, was, was she creepy. Everywhere? Yeah. No, that was gross. That was gross. That was probably bad. the most scary part. Yeah, and, and like the and baby the dolls, dolls hanging the, down. That was kind of
3: creepy, like yeah. a disturbing nursery at the start.
0: hmm Yeah. All right, well,
3: thanks a lot. I appreciate your time.
0: You're welcome. So
3: what did you think of this year's effort, the Haunted Trail?
10: They really did a good job. Yeah? Mm-hmm.
3: What was your favorite part?
10: I can tell you the scariest part. Okay. The part with the white strobe lights, it, I kept losing my balance. It was weird.
3: That was really disorienting, wasn't I know. it? Yeah, I, I felt the same way. What did you guys think?
13: It was good. I yeah? liked it.
4: I'm scared.
3: <laughs> All right, well, thank you very much for your time, guys. Have a good night. Happy Halloween. All right, and then keeping the Halloween goodness going this week, I am so happy to be speaking with game designer Bruce Glasgow. How are you doing today, sir?
9: Uh, Very well, thank you.
3: Now, i got to tell this story. Uh, My good friend Andy, who a lot of our listeners know from our 200 Miles of Bad Audio episode, puts on the best board game nights. He has an amazing collection. And last year, he had a Halloween game night, and I discovered this game, Betrayal at the House on the Hill. And I immediately fell in love with this game. It was so much fun. The next time we went over for game night, I played it again. And unfortunately, it was out of print. And there was no way to, you know, without paying like 150 bucks on eBay, there was no way to get a version of this. And it's just been released again by Avalon Hill and Wizards of the Coast. I am so thrilled to finally have this game in my collection, Bruce.
9: Well, uh, I'm glad we were able to get it back out for you. I, I, I was very happy, too. It was bothering me that it was out of print when so many people were trying to get it, and they couldn't.
3: Absolutely. So can you give kind of a just a quick synopsis of what the game is about?
9: Sure. Uh, the idea behind the game is your group of people exploring a haunted house. You know, you're in a bus or something together, and it breaks down, and so someone says, oh, let's go up to that old house on the hill. Maybe they have a phone we, they can use, and... Uh, so let's split up once we get there. So everybody's controlling a different character. We've got little, neat little plastic figures. And you just start in the entrance hall. The rest of the house is unexplored. Every time you go through a door, you draw a tile and play that tile to find out what room you've discovered. And usually gonna be a room that's appropriate for the floor that you're on. So you know, if, you're, if you go upstairs, you'll find the attic. If you go down to the basement, you'll, get, you'll find the crypt. There was a misprint in the original game that was somewhat infamous that you could find the underground lake upstairs. (laughs) But uh, but we worked around that, and uh, some people like it better that way, actually. (laughs) Anyway, at the beginning of the game, you're just kind of trying to uh, explore the house. There are various traps and things, you know, spiders land on you. You see various creepy visions as you draw the cards for the rooms that you explore. But you also find items that are called omens that are sort of clues to what might be actually haunting the house. And uh, at a certain point in the game, more likely as the game goes on, you will trigger what's called the haunt. Uh, there's two books, there are about 50 haunts, Then one book is for the traitors and one book is for the explorers. So when a haunt is triggered, one person will usually become a traitor, and that person goes off into another room and reads what the bad guys are trying to do. And then the other people go off into the and read, read we the good guys are going to do. So what the two sides both have victory conditions, but they don't necessarily know what the victory condition of the other side is going to be. So um, one person might be a ghost who's trying to activate some sort of ancient evil or raise a demon, and the other, the good guys might be trying to conduct an exorcism where they have to go and visit certain rooms and do certain things in the different rooms. So the second half of the game is you, you're you're trying to win with one person. Uh, trying to defeat all the other characters and the other characters, trying to sometimes just escape, sometimes survive, sometimes kill a a major monster. Usually uh, the game doesn't just break down into combat.
3: No, no, not at all. And One of the things that I love about the game is that each scenario is written in such a way, it's just very cinematic. You know, you feel like you're being put into the middle of a horror movie. And all of a sudden, okay, we, we have these conditions we've got to meet. One of the ones I did was we came across, it was like the haunted bride and groom. And we mm-hmm. had to find the, the ring, the wedding ring of this ghost and the skull. And we had to get it to the chapel before we were, like, defeated by the groom ghost that's raging through the thing. And it really ratchets up the intensity. It's so much fun.
9: Yeah, um, my goal as a designer is to try to make, you know, every scenario really balanced and really tight. Uh, I played one last week where the whole house was getting sucked down into hell. That the, uh, <laughs> um, the rooms one at a time are all getting pulled in faster and faster. And I was really happy because it came down to, at the end, it was one roll. If the person made the roll, then the last two surviving explorers would be saved. And if they missed the roll, then everybody would be dead. So that's whenever that happens, I feel that that's my greatest success as a designer, Because, you know, you build, build, build intensity right up until the end and it can go either way. It doesn't always work that way. Sometimes it's one side or the other has an advantage. But it's been around long enough uh, that with this revision, I was able to sort of tweak and rebalance some of the scenarios. So a lot of them are pretty close.
3: One of the other things I like about it is that between the, the, the placing of the tiles for the house and the 50 different haunts, it truly is a different game every time. It has an absolutely different flavor to it, and so there's so much variation. You're getting a lot of bang for your buck with this game.
9: That's right. There are 12 different characters you can play, because there are six different pieces, but each one can be used uh, with two different characters. And the original set had 50 scenarios. This time, for the second edition, we pulled eight of the scenarios that weren't as popular, and we added eight new ones. Some of them were scenarios that were designed by fans and people who submitted them, online um, mm-hmm. so we were able to put in a couple of those scenarios as oh well. that's really cool pretty... kind of
3: fan designed stories that's great
9: yeah some of them were, were really pretty excellent in fact one fan actually has made i think 50 of his own scenarios so you can play with the original 50 or you can just go online and download these scenarios for free and play with his
3: oh that's really cool so once you've played through them all you've got more options
9: yeah although i you know there. are are a few people online who say, oh, yeah, we played all 50, but we, they still usually like to keep on playing it even afterwards because the second time, you know, it could go completely differently. Even if you know what the other side's victory condition is, it's still a lot of fun.
3: Yeah, oh, absolutely. What other changes did you make for this edition?
9: The original edition had a lot more cardboard. There was a little chip for every monster. <laughs> it just had the name of the monster. So we simplified it, but we were able to put in more artwork now.
3: Yeah, the, so the game just, is... It's gorgeous. The monster
9: counter shows the hand or the eyes or whatever the monster that's chasing you. So that makes it a little bit more atmospheric. And the first edition has some rules problems. So hopefully we've got most of those cleared up on the second edition, too.
3: Very cool. Yeah, the art is just beautiful in this edition. All the little pieces that you pop out look great. And it's, you know, it comes, it's all really sturdy. It comes in a nice tray. So it's, a, you know, it's a very much a keepsake kind of a game that you'll have around your collection for a long time.
9: I hope so. I know a lot of people, even if they don't, like to play it all the time. A lot of people, that's their go-to game every Halloween. You know, they, they come back every year to House on the Hill.
3: Absolutely. And it
9: is a good game for atmosphere as well. If you want to light a couple candles or uh, my stepson's 15, he's going to have a bunch of friends over, and then we're going to get some dry ice and, and <laughs> spooky music and stuff. So yeah, absolutely. Really throw, on, the atmosphere.
3: throw on a little Nox can or some haunt music. That'd be great. <laughs> all right, Bruce. Well, uh, one last thing. We always ask all of our guests on the Bone Bat Show What pisses you off, man? (laughs)
9: I'll tell you what pisses me off is I I teach at a college and I run a board game club there and and people say, oh, you play board games. You mean like Monopoly? I played Monopoly and I I really think it's a stupid game. I tell them, does that mean if you drive a Model T and you don't like it, does that (laughs) mean you don't like cars? (laughs) 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 You know, Monopoly was the best game probably in in the 1930s. It was way ahead of everything else. But car design has... Improved a lot since the 1930s, and game design has too. There's a lot of great games out there. I hope your listeners get to play all of them well, as many as they can.
3: Are you familiar? I I had heard recently of a program called the Play in Public program, that they're trying to get more people to you know go to like public places and play a board game. You know things like this, or Settlers of Catan, or you know games like this that we have now, just that people aren't really familiar with. Because I know that's I, right. when I go to game night. I almost always end up finding some gem I didn't even know of and then chasing it down and buying it after the fact.
9: Yeah. yeah and a lot and, of times uh, it's just... People do come up and they say, what are you, what are you doing there? I've never seen that before. <laughs> Although Settlers of Catan and Ticket to Ride are great because I'm mm-hmm. seeing more and more people who've at least played those. And so they know there's a little bit more out there. and Maybe that'll make them curious.
3: Yeah, and, and those are, you know, like Settlers of Catan and uh, Carcassonne. You can play those, like, on Xbox Live now. So there's also some crossover, you know, getting people familiar with that version. They might buy the board game version. And then that gets them into the game store, which is a great thing for everyone. Go out so. and play. Yeah, absolutely. Where can we find the game? Just at your local uh, independent game shop, right?
9: Be able to do that. And, of course, there's a lot of online game stores as well. Thought Hammer and uh, Troll and Toad. bunch bunch of places like that. I think even Amazon might have it, so. Lots of
3: places to find it. Great. Well, yeah, like I say, listeners, I cannot recommend this game highly enough. It's a blast. Runs about 50 bucks and, you know, a buck a haunt. It's a value. Mm-hmm. So you, you got to pick this one up. It's great. Thank you very much. Thank you, Bruce. I really appreciate your time, man. So long. All right. This is Steve from The Bone Bat Show, and I'm here at Nightmare at Beaver Lake with Kelsey. Who works for Scare Productions? How you doing, man?
13: Pretty good. How you doing?
3: I, I gotta say, I really enjoyed the theme I'm this year—the uh, twisted Alice in Wonderland thing. I have not seen that theme before, and that was a lot of fun. I really great, enjoyed great. it. What were some of your thoughts putting this design together?
13: Um, well, really, the prison was uh, was my big idea, and mm. um, we've been kicking that around for a couple years. So I'm really glad to see it come together. And the New Orleans theme too, I think, was, was a really good thing. A lot of like little mini themes this year, kind of throughout the whole trail, and uh, there's a lot of kind of odds and ends in the middle. So, we've got a lot of strong themes with like the Alice in Wonderland theme, the New Orleans theme, the prison theme, kind of all spread out with just chaos the, in the new middle.
3: Orleans and the vampire village
13: there. Yeah, and before that's a graveyard, it's a New Orleans style really graveyard. Really nice, right.
3: that was cool. Great. Walking Thank through you. there, and your actors are doing a great we, job, we, really we, selling it. A lot of hissing behind you and stuff like that. Really
13: enjoyable. Yeah, they're very interactive. We, really, we really focus on the theater side. You know, we are a theatrical production, really, and that's what we focus on, you know, is, is the actors and the interaction, the improv and the makeup and the wardrobe, and really the, the theater side of it. That's really what what... Uh, what we're into.
3: Yeah, it's, it's really enjoyable this year, i got to say. So what are your hours from now until Halloween?
13: Uh, we are open uh, from 7 o'clock to 10 during the week on Fridays and Saturdays from 7 to 11. And, of course, um, from 7 to 8 each night is, is a less scary family hour. It is a little cheaper price. You know, we have a couple sets that are closed off that are a little too intense for the younger ones. And we actually are uh, closed on the 24th and 25th. And that we're open until Halloween.
3: Fantastic. Well, thanks a lot thanks for, uh, for letting on. me we're come and visit. Have and uh, have happy haunting, man.
13: Indeed. Thank you very much, sir. Okay. <laughs> I don't
0: know, but they, they stare so funny. They do indeed. They if stare at us like we They waxwax. So that's okay, you know.
6: On the contrary, if they think we're alive, they'll have to speak to us.
0: That's logic. The Bandersnatch! Where did, where you, did you, put you put the Bandersnatch? It's I your get fault! It. Where, where, where? It's it's I guarantee it. you! It's your fault! It's going to stop off your head! It's your fault! us right now!
11: Alan Wake, I'm a horror novelist for a living, and
3: the most recent demons from my novel, *The Taken*, seem to have come alive for some reason. This is Steve from the Bone Bad Show, and I'm here with Alan Wake. Hi. I'm I'm surprised to find you here at Nightmare (laughs) Beaver Lake, man. Yeah, um, it's really interesting. kind of popped out of a video game to be here <laughs> do you do you still have your uh, revolver your your oh, flashlight no they took that away from me this time. no batteries even no i have batteries for my Whew. flashlight but that's good <laughs> yeah that's something anyway yeah oh, well, it was a good. pleasure speaking with you sir thank you look out for the <laughs> <laughs> we will do
4: A bit to the you think you can escape, but I have already won! <laughs> I'm good. On on Come on now. You, you know you wanna. What's your poison? Being so Let me buy you <laughs> a drink. Can I get an eyeball?
0: Pickled eyeballs are the specialty. We have to them give us salted a sacrifice before you take it also. I
4: have one. <laughs> what do you guys think you're doing oh, You, you, going? you, you going? all smell so good. Come to the, there, the hotel. No, I'd love to have you. The beef buyers
0: are going to get you. Look at what they did. I know
4: Get inside! We have a coffin for you. No.
3: It's Did your you size. have one big enough?
4: <laughs> yes, we do.
7: You
4: always cut you up. Suck out your blood and cut you up. <laughs> Hi, Jordan. Hi.
7: <laughs>
4: I love you too. <laughs> 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 Gotta give face <baseballs> a hug. <laughs>
1: We have plenty of room for you at the hostel.
4: We have a spare room. And a table for two. (coughs) Hello. I will make some room. There you go.
0: (laughs) It's just fun for the whole family.
7: You don't get to
9: leave yet!
3: This is Steve from the Bone Bat Show, and I'm here with a couple of the scarees at Nightmare on Beaver Lake. How are you guys doing tonight? Scared. <laughs> what would you think of this year's effort?
0: It was really good. They put in a lot of effort.
3: Have you been here before?
0: Yeah, we're actually working here.
3: Oh, okay, cool. So what's your favorite part of the whole haunt trail this year?
0: Um, definitely the psychos. Yeah?
3: yeah. That, that is a very effective room there. How about you?
0: Um, definitely the electric chair it's really cool to have like real electric current going through the
4: chair
3: it is there's a lot of real stuff around there's you know the real sawzall in the meat room you had the, there's a, a guy that's breathing fire walking around the trail so there's a lot of stuff that that is really working tonight i think
4: mm-hmm. definitely yeah. cool well
3: thank you very much i really appreciate your time Hi, thank you. how'd you guys enjoy the trail this year
8: it was frightening it was great
3: <laughs> did you have a favorite part
12: uh the last part was pretty pretty scary intense
4: yeah
3: how about you guys
12: last half was definitely scarier than
4: the first
3: half. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a slow build, doesn't it? But then it gets you in the end.
12: You think you're going to be okay, and then you're like, ah, uh, no, <laughs> it's not
3: okay. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you very much for your opinion. I appreciate it. Yeah. I'm here with a couple more of the victims at Nightmare Beaver Lake. How are you guys doing tonight? Great. So what did you think of this year's uh, Haunted Trail? It was fantastic. The trail was was a lot longer mm-hmm. and more detailed, and we're massive fans. Our son's in it, Mike, her brother. Oh, which, which room was he working in? He
4: was
0: the farmer.
3: Oh, cool. I saw him. Yeah. yeah. All right. So what was your favorite part?
0: Um, probably the, the jail part.
3: <laughs> that was really cool, wasn't it? Yeah. The angry jail folks. They were pretty bad. Some mean cons. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks a lot. And yeah. Happy Halloween. All right. Thanks. And we're back. Okay. So we had a, uh, a haunt sandwich there. Our First up was, uh, as I said, Dark Hollow in Maple Valley. Then that was followed by my interview with Bruce Glasgow, the designer of Betrayal at the House on the Hill game. Dude, have you ever played that game? I cannot say that I have. It is so much fun. I gotta say, if either the next time you come up, we'll play it, or, you know, we'll, we'll have to figure that out. But you, you've gotta check that game out, because it is a lot of fun. And it says 12 and up, but I played it with uh, an 8 and 11 year old just fine this weekend. And we had a really good time with it. So. Alright, cool. Then following that, we had last night's haunt tour, uh, Nightmare at Beaver Lake. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you would not believe the staff they had for that haunt. They had, he says, between 80 and 120 actors at a night. The trail runs three-quarters of a mile. Jeez. And, I mean, it was the just the, the way that you were constantly being bombarded by actors trying to scare you was great. It's run by the Rotary Club. And then it, yeah. it also kind of uh, ties in with a couple of local schools. So they have like a lot of acting kids from the different schools and drama students and things of that nature. that come out and do a really nice job. There's this one part where you're like walking through this vampire village and you're just surrounded by kids. that are like hissing at you with <laughs> pointy teeth. It was just really cool. Well done. All right. So let's see. What do we got next? Multimedia triage, man. Multimedia triage. So what's going on this week? What have you been checking out? Well,
6: you want you want to talk about Dead Set? Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about Dead Cause I just finished
3: watching it. Ha! That was that was a kick. Wasn't that a good show?
6: Oh yeah, that was great.
3: And I mean, it's kind of brisk, you know, the episodes. It's five half-hour episodes, but there's commercial time in there. No, the first
6: episode is like an hour. Oh, is it? Yeah, and then the the final four episodes are each like under half an hour, like twenty minutes. If you if you get past the uh, you know what happened on the last episode. Bit. Right.
3: Well maybe the first one's in like forty minutes. It's like double size. Because they're showing they're showing all five episodes back to back. Okay. Starting the night after this show airs. So Monday, the October twenty fifth, is gonna run at midnight every night with one episode for that week. And then they're coming back on Halloween with a back to back all five parts marathon from seven thirty to ten fifteen PM. So in addition on IFC. So in addition to having Walking Dead that night, you also have Deadset. So much fucking zombie goodness in one place.
11: That is fantastic.
6: Yeah, it is. The, the thing about uh, Deadset, I think you touched on it maybe a year ago. Yeah. Deadset yeah. the idea is on the set of the British show Big Brother, you know, the one of the original reality TV shows. They're all in there and in they're insulated little world doing their vapid little bullshit and the zombie apocalypse starts occurring outside. And so while well, you've got these People insulated in their their Big Brother set, all hell is breaking loose outside, and then the collision of the zombie apocalypse with the people within the uh, Big Brother program crashes together. It's good. I liked it. I approve. Top
3: notch gore throughout.
6: Yes, I mean, you quite know,
3: gory. yeah, more gore than I would almost expect to see on TV. Yes, I was um, surprised by that. The zombies look great. I mean, I, I've heard... It was some scary. Of, some of our friends, like Brother D, has bitched about the white contact lenses. I thought that they were freaking scary. That show yeah. is tense. It's taut. The characterizations are really well done. Andy Nyman, the guy who plays the producer, that is oh, amazing. Oh, God, what an asshole. Well, I know. You just love to hate that
6: guy. Oh, God. He did that role so well. Just
3: a tremendous performance. And the main character, uh, Jamie Winstead, who plays Kelly, uh, just an amazing character arc where she starts out as like this she's kind of a producer's assistant you know kind of you know just kind of flighty and you know not really has it together and she turns into a strong female character so quickly purple- and you know what else about and, the series yeah there's naked boobs there is and the the end of the show i think is such a huge kick in the gut emotionally don't, just a no, great don't show say anything about no i'm don't, not going to say nope. anything else just see it it's a great show And it's cool that finally it's airing in the U.S. and you're going to have a chance to. Are they going to show the boobies in the U.S.? Yeah, it's on IFC. All right, cool. They can do that. I'm so glad you liked it, though. Me too. So speaking of zombie movies, I I got another zombie movie movie in the mail. From Troma Pictures, this is a film called Dead Eyes Open. This is a 2008 film directed by Ralph Molinoff. So low-budget zombie thing kind of starts out pretty cool. There's a sort of kind of a multimedia collage with reports from the news and government bulletins stating about how you have to deal with the undead menace. And it's it's clearly low budget, you know, lots of like, you know, fake rib cages and sausages because, you know, the Germans know how to do sausages. That's true. They do. Yeah. So, you know, you're going to have a lot of that when it comes to zombie intestines. So, you know, it starts out fairly promising, although it is, you know, clearly low budget. It looks like it was probably made on consumer level, you know, video camera or something like that. But then it rapidly gets mind-numbingly stupid. And that's the problem I have with the film. It's, you know, I can, I can deal with a film that's low budget, but it's clever or quick or its heart's in the right place. But this film, it, the characters started doing things that were just kind of stupid, like, okay, so it starts out, there's a group of, like, 20-something guys in a van, and they're going camping. So they've decided to really get away from it all, right? Yeah. So they get in the van and drive until they run out of gas. That's the plan. All right. And so where they run out of gas, that's where they're going to start hiking. So then they get into zombie zombie mess, yada, yada. But the whole thing was just so dumb. No, who does that? I'll just drive till I run out of gas. You're not going to have to go home? Uh, anyway, so then there's this other scene where some of the, the people get chewed up by zombies. A couple of them make it in their escape. They're walking around down the train tracks, and they're devastated by, you know, what's gone on. So they sit down on the train tracks. They're having this heart, heart-to-heart conversation about what's going on. And you see down the train tracks, like 50 yards, these zombies coming towards them. And they keep coming and they keep coming. And these people don't look up. Now, all their friends have been killed by zombies. Their head isn't on a swivel. They're sitting there. <laughs> the zombies are coming across the open train tracks towards them. And then suddenly they're surprised and the zombies are attacking them. I, ugh, so goddamn dumb. So That's too bad. Now, that said, is there something in this movie for hardcore zombie fans? Yes. Vaughn, see this movie. You probably will find things to enjoy in this film. At the end, there's some awesome decapitation scenes that are really fun. And like I said, the start is pretty strong. There's some decent gore. The script is really dumb. The other thing it has is like George Romero makes a cameo in the film. Yeah. And it's like they interviewed him at a horror convention or something and then dubbed in stuff that he's saying. So it looks like he's talking about the zombie crisis in German. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. So he's a, ostensibly a zombie expert in the film, but it, it really looks like they just filmed it at a con and then you know worked that into the picture. Yeah. So it has that too. So anyway, for anybody else, don't see this for hardcore zombie fans and you know gorehounds. This may be worth your time. It's up to you. What's wow. next?
6: Uh, well, you know, I saw a movie too. Not a not a horror movie, but it was a movie that was uh, based on a. On a comic
3: book, I saw Red. Oh, yeah? How was that? I liked it. It was big fun. I saw from the trailers that, like, the cast looked really fun. Bruce Willis. Top-notch cast, Helen Mirren and John Malkovich looked like he was just chewing scenery in that.
6: Oh, yeah. John Malkovich was absolutely the best in the movie. But you know what? If you saw the trailers and you think, boy, that looks like a fun movie, it's exactly what the trailers make you think it is.
3: Oh, okay.
6: the, The trailers are not deceptive. And... It's you know, it's one of those movies where eight thousand bullets fly, yet remarkably nobody gets hit. Where <laughs> someone with a, a high powered sniper scope sets up a position that's like fifty feet away from everyone and they act like it's really far away or something. There's there's just ridiculousness when it comes to the guns, but that's okay. It's just it's big dumb explodey fun. And I, I highly recommend it if you're looking for mindless escapist um fun.
3: Now, had you read the graphic novel or no? Uh,
6: you know, I would love to be cool and say that I did, but I didn't. No. But it, it does, it just warms the cockles of my heart that whenever they make a movie based on a comic book, because I just feel like, that. you know, so many great ideas come out of the, the comic book world, and I would much rather see a comic book movie than a remake of a remake of a remake.
4: Yeah, that's
3: a good point.
6: Yeah. What else? Uh, oh, you know what is scary? What's that? I'm reading The Fall.
3: Yeah, I just but, finished it.
6: Oh, uh, I'm not done yet.
3: I can't believe, like, I thought I had to bust my ass to get this book done because you started three weeks before I did.
6: I've been savoring it.
3: <laughs> you haven't been reading it. You've been I have reading been, but I've been book. reading two other books. I and, bet you, know, I bet frankly, you will tell us that you, you will in a moment review some other book you were reading instead of this. Um, That's what You know I what, forbid. now that you mention
6: it, <laughs> I also read The Help. The Help. Now, you know this book, I'm sure, because you were... The Kathy
3: Stockett or something like that?
6: Yeah, something like that. It's the story of black maids in Jackson, Mississippi during the Jim Crow era, and it bounces back and forth between these, these maids telling their stories working for white families. It was a great book because it was a book that I would never have picked up on my own. I never would have read it, but my lovely wife read it, and she really liked it. She said I ought to try it, and here's the thing. Reading this book these women's stories are being told by um by a white woman who's collecting their stories and like it's like her idea to collect them but just the, the the collusion that's going on it reminded me a lot of that really tense feeling i'd get when i'm watching a movie or reading a book where like people are trying to hide in plain sight like the the jewish kid who's trying to you know, pass himself off as as a non Jew in Nazi Germany, or reading those those books as a kid, The White Mountains, where, you know, the the vagrant guy isn't really the vagrant. He you know doesn't that, really
3: have a functioning you know what skull cap. what? You know what that feeling is? What? That's your menstrual cramp kicking
4: <laughs> in. <Yeah. laughs> Yeah, that book sounds way fucking
3: awesomer than A Vampire Book by Guillermo del Toro. I can't believe you, dude. I started reading that one first. This is a fucking Halloween show, man. You're breaking my heart. Breaking my heart. So I shouldn't talk about the David Steris book I'm also reading? (laughs) You suck.
6: (laughs) Fine. You'll just have to wait till the next episode for me to review Squirrel Season Chipmunk. No, no, don't
3: even beg. I'm not going to review it. Oh, my God. I, I got to play the clip from last episode right here. Oh, I've been waiting for The Fall. How did you not know The Fall was out? I'm reading The Fall. I'm going to be the first on my block to finish The Fall. And then you put it aside for two other books. No, I didn't put it
6: aside. I was just reading other books oh, as man. well.
3: So disappointed in
6: you. Plus, here's the thing. I got back into playing Modern Warfare 2 because Call of Duty Black Ops is just around the corner. It's coming out November 9th, and I'm really looking forward to that game. Mm-hmm. And that started that made me start thinking about Modern Warfare. Next thing I know, every night I'm playing Modern Warfare 2. And that takes a lot of time.
3: So you're really fired up for Black Ops?
6: Yeah, doesn't that look cool?
3: I don't know, dude. I mean, I, I can't imagine, as bad as I am at Call of Duty, a game yeah. that is specifically geared towards... A bunch of people running up and stabbing me in the back with a knife. They might stab sound, you in the face with a knife. That doesn't sound very fun.
6: Well, there's a, there's the zombie levels, which you liked last time. They had zombie levels. In I the, didn't see the anything
3: arcade. in the advertising about zombie levels in this game.
6: Yeah, there's zombies. I don't know. I'm positive. There's even uh, achievements for doing things in the zombie levels. There's some sort of arcade level too. I'm unclear about. But you've got the the first person campaign, Black Ops Vietnam era. You got the multiplayer, all kinds of cool different multiplayer. Besides just the regular, you know, shoot 'em up and, and team based shoot 'em up and objective based shoot 'em up. They've got a mode that's like you can you can bet your points mm-hmm. to you know bet you're going to come in the top three in these, these different types of games. One of them you start out with a like a a knife, a tomahawk, and a pistol with one bullet. And if you, every time you kill someone, you get another bullet. Or there's another mode where you start out with the pistol, and then after you kill someone with that, you get the shotgun. And there's another mode where everybody starts with the same weapon, and then after a certain amount of time, everybody's weapon changes to the next weapon. And and in these modes, you're actually gambling your points, which, you know, you want so you can level up and unlock different guns or different graphics or different, uh, different skills. You know, I, I like the run-and-gun game, and it looks... Like it's uh, it's gonna be cool. Well, no, no, I got mean it's a totally lot of stuff I want, plus some
3: new twists. It's totally up your alley. I'm just saying that, you know, for me, I don't think I ever unlocked anything in Modern <laughs> Warfare 2, ever. So you were that bad at it? No, it's just I never played online ever, with only with you. So hmm. I never like put out any effort into getting perks or even figuring out what the perks are. So I sort of, I guess, I don't feel like I got my money out of the last game. Well, yes. yeah, but you're the
6: only one to blame for that if you don't play it.
3: Well, right, but I don't play it because I keep getting my ass kicked at it whenever I play it.
6: But if you played it some, you would be better at it and you wouldn't get your ass kicked so bad.
3: Really, you think? Have you seen me play Left 4 Dead? Yeah, yeah
6: that's true. <laughs>
3: you're, you're pretty bad. All right, what else? Let's see, you know what I've been playing lately? What? Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> you're giving me a hard time. <laughs> Well, it's not, it's not a antebellum version of, in the <laughs> south of the Dungeons & Dragons, where I'm trying to run a plantation.
6: You're fighting old Jim Crow?
3: <laughs> no, uh, TSR was kind enough to send over a copy of the Red Box, which is their new entry-level Dungeons & Dragons thing. And I haven't played since, I don't know, junior high maybe. And so I, I sat down to play with the kids, and it's been really cool. Basically, the way they do it now is the the players' book that comes in the red box rolls up characters like a choose-your-own-adventure book. So it asks you like how you would handle a situation with say goblins attacking, and then as you make the decisions, you're essentially filling in your character sheet. And so by the time you get you get done, you've had like your first mini adventure, and then it springboards immediately into another adventure. And it comes with a map. And player tokens and dice and all this stuff. And I still had a bag of dice from back in the day. So I have enough dice for everybody to use. And it's just been kind of fun to share with the kids.
6: Wow, that's super.
3: It is. You you know what? I bet you would be surprised that your kids would enjoy
6: it. I'd be worried that my kids would
3: enjoy it. W- w- worried about what? <laughs> the, the, listen, I figure I'm, A, teaching my kids, you know, it's reading and it's also math.
6: Yeah, I suppose that, that it is. And they're you using know. their imaginations.
3: Yeah, so there's you know there's some potential to it. And it's been really fun so far, kind of you know playing with them and, and doing that. So I've been enjoying it. It's well worth the time. If uh, you have kids that age, you want to get into it. Now, the, the one kind of downside, I mean, once you've played through the box, you're not going to get much in the way of replay value out, out of it. But it does give you a nice springboard into picking up some other modules and some other books and stuff like that.
6: So the idea is to keep your child from ever seeing the opposite sex naked?
3: Is yeah, that... that's not the way I look at it. The way I oh. look at it is if they go to a party where people will play in D&D, they'll know what to do. In the same way that if they go out to somebody's house and that person's making sushi for dinner, they'll be able to handle themselves in that situation, too. See, that's why I'm teaching my I'm kids making how to I'm well, making them well-rounded is the way I look at it. Okay. Well-rounded nerds, but well-rounded either way. <laughs> That's true. You you are
6: rounding out their their nerd cred.
3: Exactly. I mean, you know, they're not going to be an alien to this sort of thing if they come across it later in life. Yeah. Don't be scared. It's perfectly natural. So. Exactly. So, yeah, and the box, I think, is only 20 bucks. So, you know, it's a pretty easy way to get involved in Dungeons & Dragons if you'd like to check it out. You know, the other
6: thing I've been wasting my time on is watching the new season of Metalpocalypse. Death, <laughs> death clock, death clock, death <laughs> clock. I've been watching and fra- that as well. Frankly, you know, they're they were doing full-length, half-hour-long episodes this, this season. I'm a little disappointed. I think they need to go back to the 15-minute format because they are putting in each episode extra songs, and they're not even the, the really hardcore metal songs. They're like Toki singing about his misery.
3: Yeah, they, they started doing that a little bit, I think, was it last season, where there was like the... The Beatles-inspired undersea song that Toki sung. And that was, yeah, you know what? That you know was what? That funny was...
6: because it was unexpected and it was different. But yeah. you do that every episode. Eh.
3: That was two seasons ago, actually. That was in season two. So Yeah. We're already up to season four, I guess. Wow. My goodness. Yeah. But yeah, I'm enjoying it. But it seems like, I don't know, if the music is quite as compelling this go around. That's because
6: there's too much of
3: it. You know, because before I, you know, jump by the CD singing the songs in my head, can't play, wait to play them on rock band sort of thing. And now that's a little bit less the case. I, I mean, I can't think off the top of my head of even one of the songs that was particularly memorable. So,
6: Yeah, I still like the Doesn't mean it sucks. I like the I like the, show. I like the animation. It's still funny, but yeah. the, when they put those songs in the middle, it kills it.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and the the whole uh, episode where uh, the band fired Toki and uh, Murderface, that was kind of funny,
6: yeah, would have been a great 15-minute episode.
3: <laughs> it had us, Mom. I have a device to review.
6: <laughs> oh, my. Is it the
2: rabbit?
3: It's not. Okay. So, recently, I received in the mail from the company New Potato Technologies, a uh, device called the Live Rider. So, what it is, is it's a mounting bracket and a set of sensors so that you can use your iPod as a bicycle computer, either your iPod or your iPhone.
6: I'd so, like to step in right now yes. and and make a message, a little advocacy, if you will, for bicycle safety.
3: <laughs> you know what? Well, we'll and you talk ought not about be that.
6: With your iPod while you're riding your bike, we'll okay? talk
3: about how this could or could not have saved your life <laughs> had you had a live rider when you went barreling into the fence at 40 miles an hour.
6: Now, will the live rider jam into my wheel to act as an emergency brake? We'll get because to because I could have used that.
3: So, so basically, what it what it does. Is it there's a kind of a rubber uh, mounting bracket that you can affix to the handlebars with some zip ties. There is a sensor, a a heavy sensor that attaches to the chainstay, and then you have smaller sensors that screw onto the one of the spokes of the rear wheel and the crank. And so, sensors. Yes, three sensors. And so, what what it does is it will give you miles per hour. It will give you. uh, also your cadence as you pedal, it will give you your distance, so it gives you you a lot of great information. What you do is there's also a sensor that plugs into the butt of your iPod or iPhone. So that that is what uh, pings the sensors at the rear of the bike. And you download the application from iTunes, and it's a really nice looking app, you know, very big numbers, it's easy to read when you're on the road. And basically, once you set it up and you start riding, it it will just kind of keep track of everything for you. Uh, It seems to work really well. The one issue I had is that everybody has kind of different cranks. And attaching the the crank sensor uh, with a zip tie, it kind of tends to slip. So I'll lose my cadence readings. I had to adjust it a number of times on Sunday. I did a 30-mile ride with it. And I had to adjust that a number of times. And so I'm going to have to kind of mess with that to get it to to stay put. But once I do, I think it's a really handy device. It's really cool. The, The only, you know, you're kind of limited by the length of battery time of the iPod. I got three hours and change out of it. I hear that an iPhone will go about five hours, four to five hours. So you get a little more time. I mean, I'm thinking of when I was training for STP and I was regularly doing five to six hour rides. I don't yeah. know that this device would work for that, but this device is perfect for the casual rider. And you know what? One of the cool features is, is it keeps track of. It'll remember your previous rides of a given course. Oh, that's kind of. And cool. so you can race yourself in ghost mode, like in Mario
6: Kart. <laughs> oh, I don't need that. It's no. awesome.
3: So I did it because I have like this two this two block area right in front of my house. This like a half mile. And so I ran around it a couple of times and saved the times. And then I went back and I raced myself on the last, the best time and beat it just by a hair. It was so much fun, dude. Did you turn around and go, in your face, me? (laughs) I did. It was awesome. (laughs) I loved it.
6: No, the last thing I need is something that encouraged me to ride faster. Well, but you do it in a a safe
3: place. You don't like, I didn't do it into a fence. Have you tried? No, because I'm not an idiot.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, yeah, it's a cool device. It really is. It's 99 bucks from New Potato Technologies. And check it out. If you're a casual rider, you got an iPod or an iPhone, this is perfect for you. I like. All righty. That's it for Multimedia Triage. Can we get into our candy now? Yeah, let's do some more candy. All right. Let's see. Grab in the bag. Oh, here we go. What in the hell is this? Okay, what do you got? You go first. All
6: right. I've got uh, gummy peaches. I have You know, the stuff you make gummy worms out of, Looks like these are like little peaches.
3: Or boogers, for that matter.
6: Mm-hmm. they were sugar-coated on the outside and really chewy, which peaches. kind of hurts when I chew because my mouth is messed up, and it kind of hurts my tongue because I've got a hole in it.
3: <laughs> Other than that, they're good. I have coconut M&M's. Ew! No, they're kind of good. Do you like coconut? I do. All right. Sparingly, I don't like tons of coconut. Well, unless you know. You're in Hawaii and you you buy one of those coconuts off the of kid so you can drink the milk out of it. <laughs> I suppose so. <laughs> Didn't you do that when we were on
6: uh, Kauai? No, I'm not asking a kid to drink out of his nuts. I'm sorry, even if I'm in Hawaii. What's wrong? What's wrong with you?
3: You're disturbed. You're a child. It's time for the final beer. Black Flag, American style imperial. There you go. This looks like the kind of beer that'll put hair on your chest. Really? Yeah. I need a beer like that. (laughs) You do. All right. I can't find my bottle opener, so while I'm doing that. Just bust it off in your eye socket. Come on, Let's listen to another tune. Okay. The Creep Show. This is Hellbound. Hellbound! And keeping the Halloween goodness rolling, uh, I've got a rare treat here. Joining me on the line is DJ Cheeky Boy from Monstermashups.co.uk. How you doing, man?
7: Not too bad, man. Just looking forward to next week. Halloween's on its way and sort of been starting to decorate the house up and things. So, <laughs> quite exciting time.
3: Well, what, one of the things that, when getting ready for Halloween that's an essential for me is the Monster Mashup series. Now, my good friend uh, Derek from Mail Order Zombie actually hipped me to you guys last year, and I immediately just fell in love with what you do. Uh, For those who don't know, every year, DJ Cheeky Boy and his collective of DJs puts out this amazing Halloween collection of musical mashups that they're just
7: fantastic.
3: How did this project get started, man?
7: Well, it started 2004. That's when I joined the mashup scene. But um, a guy called DJ BC from Boston put the first one together, um, and then the following year the second one came out, and I was lucky enough to be on that one. So that was really it. And then by the third one, they decided not to do any more, and I sort of took it on myself to do the next one. So I, I emailed Bob um, and said, "Do you mind if I do it?" And that was that. Was then from then on, I sort of just carried on doing it.
3: Were you just getting your feet wet in the DJ scene at that time, or how did you get started as a
7: DJ? Well, I started in about 1999. I'd been putting tapes out, like cassettes back then, Um, and a few people listened to them thought I was good, and I got booked into a club from that. And I used to play my own mashups, I was making mashups before I even DJed, so uh, early 90s I was making them, using it. An Amiga, Commodore Amiga. Um,
3: (laughs) I had one of those.
7: (laughs) Used to plug it into a record deck and then play the record over the top. (laughs) And uh, I used to play those when I was DJing, and I sort of Googled around looking for places that people did the same sort of thing, and I found a forum called Get Your Bootleg On, Mm -hmm. G-Y-B-O, and I joined there, and that's how I really got started doing mashups.
3: It always amazes to me. It seems like alchemy almost, that you can take two songs that sound totally different and put them together so that it's this whole unique new thing. Like, do, when you hear a song, do you often immediately yeah. think, you know what would be good with this, or how, how does that work?
7: Well, yeah, I mean, most of the time it comes to you, like, you hear a song, you think, that really sounds like something else, and, and just sort of play with it and see if it works. So, I mean, there's, there's two ways of doing it. You either do it that way, or you just sort of try and make something new out of various other songs, you know? But mm-hmm. the majority of the ones that I did, I thought this would sound really good, mix with that one and then you sort of try and see if it works
3: (laughs) how did that end up mixing with the horror stuff have you always been a horror fan
7: yeah i mean i've been a horror fan since i was a kid so i I grew up with hammer horrors and things in the late 70s and early 80s and um i grew up with you know the 80s sort of cheesy horror films and uh, (laughs) i've loved it ever since i was a, a kid uh so i always wanted to do something involved my love of music and my love of horror. And obviously, this was was the best way to do it was to sort of do what I'm good at. So it was mixing horror and mashups together, really.
3: It's a great combination, man. So you've been doing this for a number of years now. Uh, What are you excited about in this year's installments?
7: Well, I think this is probably the best one yet. We've got 33 brand new tracks, uh, and we've got a mixture of mashups, remixes, and original tracks for Halloween as well. Loads of people. I mean, I spent, it took about six months to get this project together email everyone i could find that would would be interested in doing it and uh yeah we've got some great new people on this year we've got cubic uh, we've got the return of voice dude he's done four tracks for us this year and he's, they're awesome tracks uh frog the dog's done a blinding one as well so we've got some really good artists on this year and i'm quite pleased with it.
3: there's two collections right you have pumpkin on my stereo and phantom yeah. of the mash opera so
7: that's right yeah. it's a double disc this year fantastic Cause we missed last year I mean, last year, I just ran out of time and couldn't get it done. Um, so this year, to make up for it, we got two this
3: year. <laughs> All right, dude. All right. Well, you listen to the Bone Bat Show. You know that I'm not going to let you get away without telling me. What pisses you off?
7: Well, the thing that pisses me off at the moment is, in England especially, you walk into your local shop and there's Christmas trees up, and that really does piss me off. <laughs> You're kidding me. It's crazy. Christmas no, trees I'm, already? Yeah, I mean, t- t- since two months ago, we People advertise Christmas like end of summer pretty much these days.
3: Wow. Yeah, here they'll definitely do it when they take down the Halloween stuff, but you usually don't see too much in the way of Christmas decorations before, like November 1st.
7: No, not not over here. I mean, you know, there's pubs around here that got Christmas trees up and lights and everything's crazy. (laughs) Amazing.
3: (laughs) All right, man. Well, thanks again. Uh, Where can our listeners find your stuff once more?
7: Yep, so the site's www.monstermashups.co.uk and you can download the CD now from there.
3: Yeah, have seven volumes now, right?
7: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, we've done over 200 mashups. So, yeah, I'm just pleased to do, do them every year and get some new stuff out there. So, hopefully <laughs> so, people enjoy them.
3: So you hear that, listeners. You've got a lot to catch up on, if you haven't heard already. All right, man. Well, thanks a lot for your time. I really appreciate you joining us on the Bone Bat Show.
7: Thank you, man. Have a great Halloween.
3: You too. Happy Halloween, man. All right, Steve once again here at the Seattle House of Horrors with Michael. How you doing, man?
11: Great. Having a good year so far. Yeah,
3: it's it's great to be back here. I'm looking forward to seeing the haunt. Now, last year, this was the scariest haunt I saw all season. <laughs> so I, I'm hoping that you can uh, step it up once again.
11: Well, that's good. I, I mean, this is our second year, our sophomore year in the Northwest. And uh, we're, uh, we are, we're already doubling our numbers from last year, so people know we're on the map.
3: That's fantastic. Now, do you have a any sort of theme this year, or what are you going with?
11: Well, it is the Seattle House of Horrors. So the House of Horrors kind of lets us fit in with whatever our uh, genre for the, for the year happens to be. Um, we're, we specialize in butchered animals and butchered props uh, with our main business with Ghost Ride, and so we kind of have a pulse on what people are putting in their haunted houses. So whatever people are buying, then we just kind of load up into our haunted house as well. So we're not really set or theme-oriented, uh, but we are more uh, prop-oriented.
3: Fantastic. Now, do you have any, like, new props that you're just showing the first time this year that we'll be able to see?
11: Yeah, you'll see in our freezer room. And, you know, we're still putting more props in as we go. Um, so, but in our freezer room, we'll have uh, frozen bodies as well as, as well as hanging bodies.
4: <laughs> that
3: sounds really creepy, man. I can't wait to check it out. So what are your hours going to be through uh, Halloween?
11: All the way through Halloween, we open at 7. Uh, on the weekends, we close at midnight. During the week, we close at 10. Uh, nights vary because uh, we are on the east side uh, we're usually closed Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, starting right now, since it is the uh, what is it the 16th, uh, we start on uh, Thursday next week, and then the last week we're pretty much open every day except for Monday, Tuesday.
3: Fantastic. Okay, and uh, one final thing, as you know, we always like to ask Michael, what pisses you off, man?
11: Um, I'd have to say, guys that uh, go backwards in the line. <laughs> You know, it just, it kind of, it makes us scramble, and then it kind of ruins it for the next person. You know, if you, if you want to go through the haunt and you want to ruin it for yourself, that's okay. But the other people behind you, you know, just keep going.
3: <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks a lot. I'm looking forward to checking this out here. Good to see you again. All right.
11: Uh-oh. That's Cool. So we got like nine rock
3: recording? Yeah. Oh you hustled fast. Did you? You
0: went so fast? Because you
3: guys are scaring the shit out of me. Well, that's good. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Yeah, no, sir so okay. some of you guys are doing a great job. Oh, Your timing is nice. We tried really hard. So yeah.
0: I'm glad we liked
3: it. Yeah. Happy Halloween. You too? Nice. That actually gave me chills, folks. That is messed up. The wall of a bunch of heads on chains, man. Creepy as shit. Zombie room. (laughs) This was awesome last year too. (laughs) Totally creepy. awesome yeah. steve here i'm uh, once again we're at seattle house of horrors and uh, what did you guys think of this year's haunt? it's
1: good. good yeah good. what was your
3: favorite part
11: i so many times yeah.
1: i don't know <laughs> I, I like the uh, dotted room. oh that was
11: cool
3: that's always yeah. a classic effect yeah. that's good stuff all right the tunnel
11: the tunnel you
7: know, where the kind it's of laser small. tunnel yeah
11: Absolutely.
3: very cool thanks a lot i appreciate yeah. your time Folks, can I ask you what you thought of the haunt?
0: <laughs> Holy crap, that was the scariest thing.
3: This is the scariest thing, right? Yeah. That was
0: the scariest thing.
4: Oh <laughs> <He was looking. laughs> I, I,
0: even I looked for the most of the part. Kept, like,
3: what was the scariest part?
0: Uh, probably the heads hanging <laughs> down. They kept it. like, chainsaw like chainsaw oh down. my god. Chainsaw guy. <laughs> chainsaw guys. Chainsaw guy. I didn't
4: actually see
0: like that. The things, like, I clipped my eyes on that part. My fingers are numb.
3: Very cool. Well thank you very much for your time. I'm glad you had a good time. Happy Halloween. What did you think? It
4: was great.
3: Yeah? What was your favorite part? The
4: whole thing. Everything was scary.
0: Yeah? How about you?
4: I
7: didn't look (laughs) once. Nice. Uh, This is DJ Jinky Boy from Monster MashUps, at UK, and you listen to the Bone Bat Halloween show.
3: Alright, once again that was the creep show with Hellbound. Then after that we had DJ Cheeky Boy and in an interview with him on the monster mashup series. I think that's so cool. You know, I kinda talk, touched on it in the interview that turntablism to me, it's almost like alchemy. The fact that people can take two songs that are dissimilar and merge them and make this other whole, that is so cool to me, and it's something I just I don't feel like I have a grasp of that I could ever do. I think you could do it if you if you set your mind to it
6: like you set your mind to podcasting because you are musically inclined and you do hear the different parts of the music. You don't hear it all as one. You hear, at least I'm thinking you do. You but hear the bass separately from the drum separately from the guitar, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
3: I think you could I think you that, could
6: break it down and start combining things if you if you try.
3: But wow, I, it just seems like such a neat thing. And I mean, for, to be able to go to monstermashups.co.uk And download seven volumes of Halloween mashups. That's really cool. Yeah, that is. So, you know, go there, folks. Check it out. This is a must-listen over the next two weeks. Or over the next week, anyway.
6: Yeah, in real life.
3: All right, and then after that, we had our last haunt tour, Seattle's House of Horrors. I, I gotta say, Seattle's House of Horrors killed it this year. Did they? The scariest by far. They scared the piss out of me. Did you actually physically soil yourself? I did not. It was interesting because this is the second year they've been in that location. The first year, and I kind of mentioned that there was a lot of short, sharp scares, but there was a sort of genericness about the aisles. You were kind of going down black hallways, and this hallway looked a lot like that hallway. This year, everything has just a different flavor and a different vibe to it, and it had absolutely the creepiest scenes. Like, you'll turn a corner, and there's about 15 severed heads dangling on chains from the ceiling. And there's no way you can walk through them without touching them. <laughs> just absolutely disturbing. And, you know, then you'll you'll go a little farther, and then somebody will jump out behind you and scream at you. I mean, it just kept you. You're on edge the whole haunt. And it was just really well done. So by far the scariest, and they really stepped up their game this year. I got to say, bravo to the folks at Seattle House of Works. And thanks to Michael for uh, letting me swing by. Because, you know, that's the... Geographically, it's the closest haunt to me. And I was really pleasantly surprised at how good it was. Right on. So what would you think of all your haunts this year? Do you feel properly haunted? I do. And you know what? That was really the trend amongst the entire group of haunts. All the haunts that I attended before were better than the previous year. And not just by a little. I mean, I didn't think it was possible for Stalker Farms acting to get better. But it did. Nightmare at Beaver Lake this year... I've been the last four years. This was the best year since the first year that I went. And then Dark Hollow. I mean, last year, one of the things I really enjoyed about that trail was their, the Pandora Lab zombie section. They've doubled that section of the haunt. And then they also claim that there's 15% more pants wet. <laughs> I, I'm willing to believe them on that. I really enjoyed each haunt had the different flavor to it. Again, though, if you want the scariest haunt that I went to this year, it's Seattle House of Horrors. All right. The the cool thing that they're doing is on Fridays and Saturdays, they're doing Rob Zombie Night, where yeah. they've got go-go girls in cages dancing in the butcher rooms. Huzzah. Yeah, <laughs> how awesome is that? It's like from 10 p.m. on, so it's adults only. And it's not too racy, you know, everybody's clad. But that's awesome. I love the idea of that, so... I approve. Yeah. You know what, folks? What I can say, get out and see a haunt this season. If you don't go to haunts, find the one near you and check it out. There's a lot of fun stuff. The prices are reasonable. I'd say, you know, take your family out to a haunt this year. Okay. Wow. I think it's time for filthy jokes, man. I think so.
6: So, uh, in the spirit of the Halloween show, I do have a Halloween spooky, filthy joke. Kind of. It starts, you know, it's in a funeral home. Okay. So, one day... As the director of a funeral home is finishing up some paperwork, the mortician runs into his office. And he says, you got to come quick, flailing his arms in the air. With haste, the director leaps from his chair, and he frantically follows the mortician to the room where the bodies are prepared. There, the mortician says, pointing at the body of a woman in her vagina. It seems to be a jumbo shrimp. (laughs) Isn't that strange? The director puts on his glasses and takes a closer look. Upon inspection, the director replies, uh, that's no jumbo shrimp. That's per clitoris. Baffled and embarrassed by such an error, the mortician replies, well, it sure tasted like a jumbo shrimp.
3: <laughs> that's twerk. Thank you. Ew. So the oh, psychiatrist guess. is addressing a group of people who have all had experiences with the supernatural. And he addresses the room and says, by a show of hands, who here has actually seen a ghost? Everyone, just about everyone in the room puts up their hands. Then he asks, okay, out of that subset, who here has actually spoken to a ghost? Half the audience, you know, lowers their hands, so there's still a full half of the room with their hand up. Who here has actually touched the ghost? A bunch more hands go down, but there's probably 10% of the room still with their hands up. And he says, okay, finally, who here has made love with the ghost? One little man in the back row keeps his hands up while everybody else lowers theirs. The psychiatrist looks down from the podium. at The little man says, "Do you mean to tell me that you've actually made love with a ghost?" The man replies, "Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you correctly. I thought you said goat." <laughs>
6: <laughs> ah, that's that's funny, it. Goats are for safe. our
3: Halloween episode. Woo-hoo. Thank yous. Thank you. First off, I'd like to thank the Creep Show and Epitaph Records for letting us play cuts from "They All Fall Down." Check them out once again at thecreepshow.org. Also, I'd like to thank once more Nox Arcana, whose music you heard behind all of our interviews and some of the haunt sections tonight. Again, that new CD is called Theater of Illusion. And I've got to thank both Nox Arcana and the amazing Christine at Monolith Productions, who not only sent us over a copy of the CD to play on the show this year and last year, but sent us a few copies to give away at the Bone Bat Film Festival. So thanks so much to her. She's been awfully kind to us. Finally, let's thank uh, Uncle Eric Piggers. Once again, go to ToxicTunes.com to pick up t shirts. Bruce Glasgow, Betrayal of the House on the Hill designer. Thank you again for your time. I really appreciate that. And DJ Cheeky Boy, once again, monstermashups.co.uk. Also the Haunt folks that we met this year. Uh, Dan and the staff at Stalker Farms Field of Screams, of course. Jody and Destry at Haunted Nightmare in Bothell. Eric at Dark Hollow in Maple Valley, Michael and the staff at Seattle House of Horrors, and Kelsey and the staff at Nightmare at Beaver Lake. You'll find banner links to all the haunts on our homepage, so check it out there. Finally, thanks again to Dan Carlin for letting us use his attack ads. Those were hilarious. You can uh, find Common Sense at dancarlin.com. Thank you also to Jonathan at Rotting Flesh Radio, whose ad kicked off the podcast. Uh, And congratulations to Rotting Flesh Radio for five years. Dude, we just finished three years. They've been on the air for five. And, you know, I enjoy dabbling in these haunt tours, but these guys do it for real every week. So if you enjoy that sort of thing, you need to be listening to Rotting Flesh Radio all the time. Also, thank you to my good friend Dario at FocusOnMetal.net. Their new podcast, Focus on Metal, is great for metal fans. So you should definitely check that out. Our usual bullshit. Show phone number is 425-296-6557. You can also reach the show via email at steve at bonehand.com. I have new content every Sunday on bonehand.com, including the heavy half hour. I'm going to have a new Halloween-themed show on the 31st, so keep an ear peeled for that. Also, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm bonehand over there.
6: And you can find my work, if you can call it that, at MightyWombat.com, a new cartoon every week except for this last week because I was not able to hold a pen in my hand. <laughs> but assuming I continue to recover, I will be grasping my writing utensils again and whipping out a cartoon for Thursday. You can follow me on Twitter at Mighty underscore Wombat.
3: You can also follow the show feed on Twitter as well. We're bone bat over there. We've also got a Facebook group. So if you want to follow the show, I post each episode over there. So you can also follow it there. <laughs> and as always, thank you for listening. That's it yeah, for thanks. this week. Uh, we're going to close out the show with Get What's Coming from The Creep Show. Once again, this is Steve. This is Gord. Have a good ween. <laughs> Uh, That was good. Passou.